0: This is a More Than Just Podcast production.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 377 of the More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Dimitra, I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. Hello. And we also have Jaime Lippis Jr. on the line in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And as a special crossover treat, we have Jonathan Kuhlein in Mississauga, Ontario. Hello there, kids. All right. So this, this episode is kind of, we decided to do a crossover episode. I'm going to publish this on both, both podcasts. But yeah, the Vision Pro came out last week. And uh, it's definitely a crossover between technology and entertainment and sci-fi in particular. So I think I thought it would be prudent for us to have sort of a joint conversation about about what what I'm living through right now. Jonathan had a chance to try it out. Um, I don't know if you guys you guys know you can book time at like a 20 minute can demo at the Apple store. Have you guys thought about doing that yet? Mark and Jaime?
2: I have not done that
3: yet. I have not. But, you know, it's probably a good idea. Uh, we, We might talk about this at some point, but I'm probably well, I have already not purchased the vision pro and i probably will not purchase but i really should go out there and try things rather than ooing and awing at some of the videos and just just see what that interaction feels like to get a taste of it and if they're if they're going to let you walk in for 20 minutes and try it out why not right
1: yeah it, it is completely um i mean i mean it, it's i don't know if it's say mind-altering but it, from an experience point of view it's it's very very unique right so i think i'm correct in saying that right john
4: yeah, it definitely is a unique product. I f- it feels the same way I felt when somebody, somebody being Tim, dropped an iPhone in my hands for the first time and being like, oh, this is this is very different. It It, it is a unique product, I will say. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, like, I, you know, you, you got to spend I mean, I mean, I started dealing with it in August and I've had a, ch- a number of chances over the time I'm going to write an article on my six months with it. That's how long I've been playing around with this. Um, back and forth in different different scenarios but you know now that i've got one and and i went online and i read all the sort of negative reviews of it and I'm like oh that's what you know feel the vision is and you know if i hadn't read that stuff i might not even really sort of paid attention to a lot of the the sort of the weird things about it but i mean like overall like i, I think it's like a 90 mm. 95 99 cool you know from that point of view right i mean there's always there's always going to be edge cases and somebody pointed out on, um on LinkedIn today, a friend of mine posted that he would read an article where somebody said this is the worst Vision Pro there's ever going to be, right? Because it's it's all up from uphill from here, right? Or up, probably, no. probably, probably, unless it becomes like you know, the 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 we thought of the one and done HomePod for a while. Remember, we weren't getting updates for that for several years. But I think definitely it's it's a amalgamation of a lot of the weird things that Apple's been working on for, over the last few years. That's what I keep telling people, like. Stage manager, why was stage manager a thing, you know, and, and memojis, why were memojis a thing now that I see, you know, the personas and all that kind of stuff out there. And, and, you know, when I'm going to show you my persona a little bit in a little bit, but it's pretty cool. Like, like the technology they've been putting yeah, together here,
2: even bigger they, just The just the emphasis they put on AR kit over the past couple of years. Yeah. You, you know, before this, it was, it was pretty strange that they put so much effort into AR kit. Uh, so it was pretty clear that they were, they've been talking about this for 10 years already leading up to this for 10 years.
1: Yeah. Well, the patent actually goes back to 2007. So uh, that's, that, uh, that answers the question was Steve jobs even aware of this product, right? And it sounds like he was in some way, shape or form, right?
2: Well, patents don't necessarily mean much. I mean, you know, in, in the tech world, people write patents, people write a lot of patents and they use them for you know, defensive reasons, if as much as anything else. So if you have a lot of patents in your portfolio, then people won't sue you as much because you can sue (laughs) them back. Right. For infringement. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's patented patented that doesn't turn into real products.
1: Good to know. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But but it's interesting. I mean, some of the illustrations I've seen, like, you know, I don't know if I don't know if they're, they're conflating other drawings with the the fact that it was a 2007 patent because I saw one picture where it pretty much looks like what we have in our hands. Mind you, I guess how much imagination can you really put into something you put over your eyes, right? So
2: it, it all looks like ski goggles, right? Those have been around for a hundred years or probably more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's funny because because I when I did my talk on uh, which I haven't published yet on this show yet, I'm plan to, but uh, when I did my talk on uh, developing for Vision OS, I but I got a, I found a pair of DeWalt goggles that are like tinted, like for when you're working outside and they look, you know, more from a distance, they look like Vision Pro, right? So I, I walked out with those on and, and the, the, the host who was there wasn't a techie person. He asked me if it was snowing, you know, so he in, in, instinctively saw them as snow go, uh, ski goggles, right? So, mm-hmm. and they, and they, they pretty much do look, they look very much like something you'd put on, like, they look like uh, those, um, what do you, the underwater, what do you call those things? You know, the, the diving mask, right?
4: Yeah. Scuba mask. Yeah.
1: Scuba mask. Yeah. The Jacques Cousteau thing. Cool. Well, we do have, we do have, um, uh, we probably have some follow-up, but I've totally forgotten to go and look it up, but I do have one sort of thing. And this is sort of a follow-up from Spotcast, but it kind of fits into this. Cause on Spotcast, we mentioned that we talk about Apple services a lot on more than just code. We've been watching it grow over the years. Right. And this is just a quote from, uh, from I saw online today that, uh, Apple services made 23 billion in Q4 of 2023 which is more than Netflix, Spotify, Peloton, Dropbox, MasterCard, Electronic Arts, and the New York Times combined. That's, That's pretty good. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, kudos to Apple, eh? <laughs> it's, Way uh, to stay the bananas. biggest.
3: Yeah. It's bananas in terms of some of the scale. Uh, I mean, certainly you've got things that people would just emotionally get behind uh, long-time stalwarts like the New York Times. Like, okay, I can believe that Peloton, I can believe that uh spotify i mean they just dumped a lot of money on joe rogan but uh yeah, that's more of a cost than it is a, a revenue type thing. So okay maybe more than spotify maybe more than netflix and dropbox mastercard is such a behemoth in the world yeah. and electronic arts is no no slouch either in video games that being bigger than, than both of those combined just feels bananas in and of itself much less all of these things and so apple services for tv plus and music and you know the the meager amount of iCloud that you get for free that then kind of encourages you pay at least a dollar per yeah. month is uh you know it's it's certainly doing the job for, for breaking in the bucks
1: i just want to point out that you said you said that five gigabytes was meager right
3: in in this year, so as we're recording this for for future historians and or aliens that res, you know, res <laughs> this this show and crack the code, it is February 2024 as far as Earth calendars are, are going on, and, and in that, um, you, you'd probably have a hard time buying like you know any sort of physical media disc that was that size. Yeah, you know, cloud is is effectively infinite storage space and to have only five gigs worth of it as the starting point is just frustratingly not enough for, for yeah people. So, yeah so they got people like me who are, are paying the what well, was paying the dollar a month now it's rolled into the apple one that i'm part of so there you go you can thank me personally for contributing to the 23 would you say 23 billion in, in the fourth
2: quarter 2023 for services the scale is is pretty staggering i mean if if you think about a lot of companies one of the sort of the signs that you're, you've are you become a large company is mm-hmm. you make a billion dollars in a year of right, revenue. Probably. And they're making 23 billion in a quarter. I mean, they're making close to a hundred billion in a year just, and it's just on services. That doesn't even include all the hardware, which is the bulk of their business. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think the iPhone is at least 55% of their, their income. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Crazy. I mean, like, what is Apple service? Like, like, let's step back. I think, I think the number that sticks out of my head was like fifteen percent was services as part of Apple's total portfolio. Like, can you imagine if twenty-three billion is just fifteen percent of your portfolio? You know, that's crazy. Good on you, Tim Cook. Yes. You know, remember the little people. Share some love for us, okay? How about us Canadians and give it get us an Apple Card, right? So this I was going to say this. We were talking about this before the show, but for Jonathan and myself, right? You know, when we talk about Apple discounts and stuff like that, you guys with your Apple cards get three percent if you buy with an Apple Card, right? Like at the store. Yeah, yeah that's true. Isn't, isn't it more if you go to the physical store? Or is it not No, it's three percent. Okay, I think maybe when it first rolled out, it was maybe a little... bit.
3: More when fun. they do certain specials, I think the most I've seen is, I believe, I took advantage of 6% during December of, uh, what, like 2018, 2019, whenever it was I bought this laptop that I'm using now. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just bananas.
1: I don't think I've seen anything that matches that. Right. Well, Jonathan,
4: can you agree with me? Like, you know, this is like not fair. <laughs> well, uh, we do rail occasionally on this podcast uh, podcast about the inequities between uh, ourselves and our American neighbors as far as the uh, access. So we'll put this on the long pile of uh, the deep pile of things that uh, Americans get uh, to take advantage of. Like
1: like access to the Vision Pro op- App Store right now? That would be one of them.
4: That would be one of them. And uh, we always talk about, of course, the uh, number of TV programs that show up uh, south of the border before they do up here. So, Yeah. And then yeah. they sometimes never come here. Yeah. Jonathan
3: doesn't know that, like, historically, more than just code leans American with a two-to-one ratio, <laughs> but SpotCast <laughs> leans Canadian two-to-one. And today we have a
4: uh, equal balance. The level playing field, yeah. Perfectly yeah. balanced, as That's all that that things that should that that be, that that. as some might say. Mark, would you describe yourself as an American patriot? Uh, that's kind of a loaded term. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your politics, Mark. Tell us everything.
2: Yeah, we stay away from that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do,
1: yeah. Um, and Mark's actually from Boston, so he's technically on the East Coast with us in terms of, uh, you know, long long story, I guess. I guess you, you've probably been out, out West longer than you have. East, I have, right? I
2: have, yeah. yeah I moved yeah. out to California in
1: 1991. Right, right. How, how old were you long ago. 20?
2: No, now everybody's going to know how old I am. No, you're I was, 20, uh, okay,
1: you're 20, in your 20s. Like, 21, 20, 22, 22. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, Jaime, you get some follow up for us? Yeah, I'm sure at some point we talked about
3: privacy or push notifications and their relationship to privacy and, or just general things that, uh, you know, we've said, Hey, isn't it kind of weird that Apple lets you do this sort of thing. And eventually they start cracking down on, on some of the nature finds a way people find a way to do. Icky things, if not necessarily nefarious. Yeah. So this, uh, it, it's really weird. It's, it is a YouTube video from a channel called misc or Misk. Charlotte's sure pronounced. Uh, that's, kind of like a PowerPoint deck um, as a video, but the gist of it is that uh, there appears to be a whole bunch of uh, social media apps that do this and could be other apps that take advantage of what should be a relatively simple and straightforward nicety of like, Hey, you can send a push notification to your users and, uh, you know, do some sort of time limited calculation generally tend to be, Oh, uh, I sent Tim $5, maybe he would like to see, you know, some interesting card that shows my face, or here's what the the $5 is for, you know, you can sort of pick your choice. But some really, uh, uh, you know, clever folks have figured out, oh, so if I can get the iPhone boot time from presumably one of the SDK uh, options, I didn't even know that existed and if I mm-hmm. send push notifications across a whole bunch of different apps at once and say, hmm, looks like this app thinks that the iPhone has been booted up for 17 days, four hours, three minutes. And this other app thinks it's been 17 days, four hours, and three minutes. Pretty good chance that's the same person. Uh, and oh, say, really? Oh, there's like, you know, 10 people like that in the globe. All right, Cool. Uh, which ones were on this continent which ones were in this country which ones were in this city this state this province and it's like yeah you've pretty quickly narrowed it down to like track things that really aren't supposed to be tracked right apple has gone through this big uh privacy thing and and cracked down more and more on the the apis and what's usable how you can get tracked and they've made you sign away your you know your firstborn child and your house and everything else to like crack down but when you're the scale of TikTok and uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, and Bing, and etc., a little bit harder. So, hmm. kind of unfortunate sort of stuff. I think turning off push notifications is probably the only way you could get around this sort of thing. But a lot of these folks are using, you know, various uh, third party SDKs to do analytics and other bits. Uh, maybe it's time for people to rethink some of that.
2: I have another solution. What's that? that- Don't use Facebook just don't use Facebook or TikTok or any of those other
3: apps. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But like, I think these are the ones that like, you know, these are clearly not only motivated actors, but also actors that have the resources and money to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually now that people are aware is like, Oh, if you're, if you're an independent app developer, why don't you try and do it and see, and see what's going mm-hmm. on and participate? Like th- that's probably going to end up with, with Apple, uh, you know, locking this down in future versions of of iOS, or maybe uh, cracking down even harder when it comes to the stores and reviews and other stuff.
1: Thought it was. Worth yeah, but da- it. data analytics is a big part of of like most businesses. I mean, like you know they you know you've got Mark told us about Mixpanel before, and there's what Crashlytics and uh, all that Firebase stuff at Google. You know, so it's not hard to to put together numbers. But I, and that's the thing is like you know. If you want to spend something on a, a feature or an activity or a promotion or whatever, if you can find out how many eyeballs are looking at it, I mean, Jonathan, you're probably bringing some stories from journalism where that's the way you measure things, right? Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I don't think
2: anyone has any issue with analytics in general, uh, but Apple's been pretty careful to prevent cross-app tracking. Uh, And and this is a way to enable that.
1: Well, And this is kind of triangulating where somebody is, right, kind of thing. Like, they're using multiple points of data, as Mohamed was explaining, right, to figure out I'm the guy that uses the Facebook and the TikTok and whatever from this particular IP or this particular region of Canada, right?
3: I think it's less interesting for, like, their one particular app. So so to Mark's point, like, if you literally just use their app, okay. But uh, everybody here, as far as I'm aware... um, Of the listed ones, I think they all have analytics SDKs. If you're using some other app that is completely unrelated to that social media company, you might still be using an app that is using an SDK. And Mm. as we like to do here on the show, you know, think really long and hard about developing an app that uses these things. Yes, a lot of these things are really interesting, convenient for your app, but you are also uh, indirectly participating in this sort of thing that's going on.
1: Yeah, I think it's the nature of technology, the way it's been, is that people don't think about the ethics. Or they don't, the ethics isn't the first thought, right? Um, first, you want to make this cool little feature, and then, you know, you you may trip over some, you know, privacy issue, right, or privacy data. I, I heard a podcast talking about that just today. Interesting stuff. And I think, didn't you guys hear that there was some again, with the Google Chrome and something that they were doing that they should not be doing? I heard that the other day, but uh, I just shake my head because I try not to use Chrome as much as I can.
3: Not sure in particular what, but uh, the longer term elimination of third party cookies, uh, tracking cookies like the Google's, the Facebooks, the Twitters, etc. of the world, we use Chrome has been pushing an alternative for that. Um, I'm not an expert on this particular area, but there are folks that say that just pushes more power and consolidates more of it in Google, the large ad serving company who makes the Google Chrome browser, and given that Google Chrome effectively is uh, web browsers except for the one island called apple safari mm, it's kind of troubling for the longer term i think that might be what you're talking about unless something else has happened and i'm behind on the news
1: well here let, let me let me read this this just found a link that maybe what i'm talking about google to push forward with chrome tracking protection 2024 which sounds good um so they're testing a controversial new tracking protection feature i mean yeah maybe that's what it is they're, they're i think like apple they're going to try and give users the ability to restrict what information can be captured about you you, you using your device right cool all Right. so we move on to the main thing sure. oh, yeah well i mean so starting off with with the, i think the uh i saw a bit of the interview with or i actually saw all of the interview with tim cook on abc news on the day of the announcement like a couple of friends of mine from from europe who were posting they went to new york to to the um the cube which is the the base of um, foot of central park um where the apple store is i've been there once before but that's where the big sort of rollout was and and tim cook showed up and he was you know shaking hands with people you know and they did the whole sort of iphone thing where they you know they they cheered the first guy walking out with the device or the box i should say and um you know so a couple of friends friends of mine, Paul Hudson was there that day, and a few friends from from Sweden were there. And actually, uh, one of the one of the ladies, Sophia, she got featured in Apple's press release, you know, because she was one of the first people to to uh, get a device. Um, but Tim Cook said on the on they asked like a couple of questions, the ABC uh, interviewer, and I'll get his name in a bit, but uh he uh, asked him like why is it so expensive and and Tim Cook said well this is like you know i mean clearly it's millions of dollars worth of development or even billions of dollars worth of development went into this as Carol told me this morning um the uh the that this is this is the culmination of like he in terms of it, he he said it's tomorrow's technology today is what they've put into this device and so i think it's an amalgamation as we can all agree that a lot of engineering's gone into this and and it's sort of a forward-thinking device. So this—they're calling this the, the iPhone moment, in in a sense that—and that's what I've been telling people in my in my talks on uh, why you should learn VisionOS is—is that this is just the beginning of this whole paradigm of, of spatial computing. Hopefully, it does get smaller, and you know, I imagine at some point in time that we'll we'll have a chip in the back behind our ear, and because they've got the OS, they don't—we I mean, don't need screens at that point, right? They can just feed the data right into our brain, right? So. And I think Musk is working on something now. I think so I say that, but so yeah. So, what do you guys think of this idea of the i the Vision OS or Vision Pro being having as not quite as big as the iPhone in terms of paradigms, but definitely a shift in the way we are using this a mixed media, I guess, mixed what do you call it, XR mixed reality.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of promise, as you said. Uh, I think it's really early on. Um, I don't think even like V2 or V3 is going to be anything close to like what you were just talking about. Uh You know, it's still pretty, well, I haven't used one myself, but, but as my understanding is it's still pretty big and bulky and heavy. And, and it's, you know, it's not as magical as, as, as you'd like, Uh but you know, it's the first one. So right. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint to use a, use a commonly used uh, phrase.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, it you know, it's 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 kind of what you expect. I mean, because we we've thankfully we've had like we always say leading Apple leads from behind, right? That you know we've had the Oculus, we've had the Magic Leap. A lot of people said this wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Magic Leap. Um, you know, we've had all the various VR devices. You know, where you have to hold the haunt wands in your hand and stuff like that. What's unique about this is is using the eye tracking and the the your your own hands for navigation. That's kind of a unique thing, I think, right? um but yeah it, it feels pretty magical and and i don't know i mean like yeah it it does it weighs about maybe about as my, as much as two iphones is kind of how i've sort of always equated it what did you think jonathan did you find it super heavy or
4: i didn't i mean i, I think i only used it for about a half an hour uh so obviously it would be the difference between i'm using it for a short window of time versus i want to you know, use it for my work day as a, a replacement for my laptop, or I want to use it for the purposes of entertainment. I want to, you know, watch the the football game and I want to have, you know, my social media and all that other stuff going simultaneously. If I'm wearing it for three, four hours in the evening, would it be less comfortable? Probably. I don't think it was uh, – Initially, I didn't, again, I'm a tall, strong person, so I didn't have an issue with it, but I could see how it wouldn't necessarily be an optimal experience given its size and weight for everyone. That being said, it was, um, it was an interesting experience and it's you know i I, to your to your idea tim of the iphone moment of this that you know i think we talked about that earlier that that was kind of my impression of it was it was very much like that first moment when when you dropped an iphone in my hand and up until that point all i'd had in my pocket was you know the old stereotypical nokia right and you know yes the nokia could do a couple things uh, you know it could take a take a Pretty terrible photograph. It could, you know, hey, play a little game was play, awesome, a, man. play <laughs> a little snake game if you felt like you wanted to. But I remember when you were like, watch this, I can fire up the internet and check the movie times, and I was like Okay, that's major difference, and you know, just all, oh, and by the way, it also replaces my iPod, and oh, by the way, it's got the camera built in, and oh, by the way, it's got this. It was kind of like that as you and I were doing a walkthrough. Where you're like, okay, check this part. Okay, now check this part. Check how this app works. And it's not just the moment; it's where your mind. If you're a creative person, your mind immediately is like, oh, n- not yet, but I can see where this can go. I can see this being very. uh very much something that's progressive and uses this technology in really interesting ways. That being said, you know, even just holding it, I was, you know, like, Oh God, don't drop it. Oh God, don't drop it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. as, you know, wearable tech is an, is an interesting advancement in, you know, the human experience. This is obviously sort of at this point, kind of the pinnacle in that, you know, it can do so much, but like, I wouldn't leave the house with it. not not, i mean there are times and i found myself in situations where i'm like damn i wish i didn't have my iphone with me let alone the you know the the wearable technology somebody comes along and clunks you on the head and you know yeah that's that's not good but it's um yeah it's it's a really interesting experience and i can see so much potential in it it's just a matter of how quickly can costs come down how quickly can the apps you know leap how do they get people to buy in I mean, it is Apple, so they can market the heck out of it. But yeah, how do they get people uh short of, you know, you mentioned you can go into the Apple store, you can try it out. OK, that's one thing. Sure, I can go into the Best Buy and try out the new video game system too. like, is that really the same thing? And, you know, I went into work on Monday after trying it with you on Sunday and saying to my colleagues, you know, hey, this was a really cool experience. If you get a chance when it comes to Canada, you should totally check it out. So word of mouth will carry them a certain distance. But you know, everybody who I've talked to said the same thing. They're like, well, how much does it cost? And when you outlay, you know, the costs, you know, in American dollars, which translates to Canadian dollars, you're like, okay, it's gonna be about five grand. People are like, forget that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you how do you clear that? How do you get around that? Well, I mean, you
1: can equate it. You can equate that cost factor to like the first plasma TVs or the first, you know, a large screen LCD. L, L, what are they? LCD screens we have now. Um, TV screens, right? Like, like the sort of the, not everybody went out and bought a plasma screen, but a few, a lot of people did, right? Uh, but I want to circle back on one of the things you said about taking it out of the house. Um, so I went to a client meeting with it yesterday, and Carol says you're not going on the transit with that. Here's <laughs> mm-hmm. the car keys, right? You're driving, so it's just. We be driving.
3: To driving was safer. You mean not while no, wearing no, no, it, though, no right? not wearing it. I hope <laughs> no, no, <Yeah>. not <laughs> not, wearing <it. laughs>
1: not wearing it, not not carrying it around with me. Like it's it's the the carry case is about the size, like it fits in the in the HomePod bag, like you know that. Like when I don't know if you, you guys have seen the box. I've got the box behind me. It's like. The box has gotta be eighteen inches by twelve inches by ten inches. It's huge. Like it's bigger than a bread box, right? Um but when you put when you get the, the carry case that, that Apple's selling, um it kinda it, it it fits in there nicely and it's padded and stuff. But it's the size of a home pot. It's it's pretty much like a football well you saw the picture I posted earlier today, Time, on LinkedIn, right? Um it's it's yeah. it's not petite, right? Um but I mean, she's like, you know, you're not, you know, I think obviously I'd be like painting a target on myself if I got on the, you know, our public transit with that. Right. So, you know, she gave me another backpack to put it inside. Cause I don't have a backpack that's big enough to, to hold my Mac and this, I mean, that's, there's a market idea right there for somebody making backpacks, right? <laughs> well, I also have the original bags that the first Macs came in because the first Oh yeah, first I remember those. Macs, yeah. They're, they're, people said they were portable, but well, you used to take your classic to to around with you, didn't you, John, when you first had it?
4: Occasionally, yeah. I had a, I had a Mac Classic 2, I think. And, um, it, you know, portables, a relative term, it weighed 20 pounds or 25 pounds. But inside the bag you could actually like if i needed to you know move it around like a briefcase it probably could have been a better design with some wheels on it or something so i didn't have to carry it or <laughs> strap it on my back but yeah I, I would take it you know back and forth if i needed to go home for a stretch uh you know back to your place and do some work versus if i needed to you know have it at school or whatever so in theory it was portable it was it was a bit of a haul yeah it's another thing we don't talk about
1: apple wheels at all because apple charges a lot for wheels yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it'd be interesting. I, I think it's. I think it's a. Um, it, like, yeah, it's. It's kind of like the Apple TV when it first came out. Like, you know, like I'm. I'm. Sp- I spent the money on it, and you know, what I, was I the guess- price point of that? Well, Tim, yeah, the
2: Apple TV was 150 bucks.
1: Yeah, that's very the
2: different. thing. Very yeah, different.
1: but at the, time, at the time, no, i mean, You were talking about the very first one, right? Was that 150 bucks? I think it was 200. Well, yeah, it was okay, 200. Okay, 200. Well, it's it's still a massive yeah, difference.
4: Yeah. Even yeah, but given I mean, the time difference, it's a massive difference. What was the well, cost of the original iPhone, Tim? Do you remember? Uh, it was five ninety nine
1: um, US, I think, right? Because when when the iPhone first came out, people were like, "What? It's that much money? No way! I can get a phone for ninety nine dollars." Don't you remember? Like the the phone, the iPhone was expensive. I remember, like, a friend of mine went to California and brought one back for me, and I remember having to shell out five hundred bucks or at least, and it was Canadian anyway. But now, actually, at the time at the time, the Canadian dollar was worth more than the American dollar. So, um, but yeah, that was a it was about. 500 you had a mark you had a first phone didn't you mark no i didn't get one until the year after okay but it was still it um, was not a cheap dice right it was expensive
2: yeah i'm thinking on the order of 500 bucks yeah good yeah yeah yeah. i I remember when they crossed over a thousand that was sort of a psychological big
4: deal at the time and but that was a few years later so quickly tim uh so in that same vein as you were saying about the phones if you showed this to someone what What's your response if you say if they say, Well, I can get a MetaQuest for seven hundred bucks or six hundred bucks? <laughs> like, I realize yeah. they're not apples and it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I think that's where a lot of people who aren't necessarily as in the know on tech as as you know you three are, would that would be their go to, right? Like, well, if I can get a VR headset for six hundred bucks, why would I spend, you know, four thousand? so i so i showed it to an award-winning canadian filmmaker
1: yesterday right who has the vive he has the quest he's got he's done all the three stuff before um and he because you know he knew i was getting this thing and we were we arranged to have a meeting when i got back and um his review was yes it's it's you know it's it's similar in a lot of ways than to, to the other devices in terms of in terms of how it feels to wear and things like that but he said it is he said it's better like technology wise quality of screens wise thought out os you know uh, intuitiveness were better than the other ones he's tried and so he's he's a person in a position who's tried he's got the 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 vive pro and the quest pro and all that kind of stuff right and him he said this is this device is better than that so which i thought was interesting i've not tried those so i can't you know the only one i've ever tried was was the just in the summer before i went to um, before I even knew it, I was going to get a chance to try, try this thing back in August, um, I tried the the Quest Two, I guess, or the which the which is the one the, the Facebook one, the the Meta one. Is that
4: Oculus? Quest? Well, I, they bought Oculus, so it's Meta Quest, okay. is what they're calling it now.
1: Yeah, so I tried that one in the summer, thinking, well, this is coming because WWC had been had already been announced, and so it was like I had a time period where I could try. I think it was early August I tried it and it was okay i mean it was i have google cardboard i've tried that i've been doing 3d you know graphics for forever and i've been doing like i was doing 3d graphics on the old mac 2s back in the day right so where we you'd set something up and you'd set it to render and you'd come back 2 days later to see if it finished yet right and you didn't do anything else with your mac when it was doing it just let it cook right but um yeah so so let's talk about the price for a minute so um my order i ordered the middle middle, middle model the 512 right um and I got the carry case, which is I think of one ninety nine US, and then, uh, and I also bought AppleCare. AppleCare is four ninety nine, which is painful uh, when you convert it into Canadian. Um,
2: and, that may be a dangerous sign that they know this thing is fragile.
1: Yeah, well, there, somebody did. I, I was a little annoyed to see that somebody actually did a drop test, and he like he really went at it. He dropped it like mm-hmm. twelve feet before it actually broke. So, so the screen's mm-hmm. got like a, okay. a plastic front, and and the. Um, does that I cover fix it, the lenses but, as well? The custom lenses. Yeah. Oh, you mean the Zeiss things? Yeah. I technically, from from my reseller days, anything that's on the in on the order that you buy the AppleCare with is usually covered. Okay. Right? okay. So it should it probably should cover the you know the the device itself, the the straps, the the interfaces, the carry case, and and the battery that comes with. And what else did I get with this one? This order. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much, that was the order, right? And, and, oh, and the, the device lenses were, were 149 or $140 US, right? Still, that's another story. We'll get into that in a minute. But, um, so that, uh, invoice with New York state tax, which I think is, I want to say 8%, um, came to just $4,900 US, Right. But when I was there, I bought a second uh, light shield. Um, I, w- I measured Carol's face before I went, and Carol, by the way, Carol and Xavier have the same size face, which is great. So I bought a an extra lens, an extra light seal for her, which is one ninety nine. And I bought a second battery because I have a puppy, and he tends to chew cables, so I didn't want to, you know, risk not having a second battery in hand. Because like, none of this stuff I can get in Canada. If I if I didn't buy it when I was in the states, it wasn't, you know, I, I'd, it'd be omtanium until. We'll talk about in the next story we're going to cover in a minute but so and then of course i had to pay uh canadian uh, import tax when i got to the border right so by the time all said and done i probably spent about seven grand canadian on this thing so that's expensive (laughs) you know so probably like so yeah i spent another five hundred dollars roughly in in accessories so i probably spent fifty five hundred bucks us on this
4: that's one million canadian dollars
1: That's a lot of Tim Hortons coffees and a bunch of Timbits, right? So yeah, but you know, it's, um, yeah, at this point in time, like as you guys have mentioned before, I'm sort of at the forefront of Vision OS and I'm writing about it. I'm, you know, writing courses on it. I'm doing talks on it. You know, I'm working as a Vision OS engineer these days. Um, So it makes sense for me to have one, but for the average, like, and I showed it to a friend of mine in marketing yesterday, and I showed it to another photographer friend, and and they're not, you know, they're not lightweights in terms of buying equipment or spending money, but they would say, you know, they're not going to buy it just yet, they, they, unless you have a, a need for it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think outside of the the tech world, or or and potentially outside of the
2: gaming world, yeah, I think probably ninety percent of the people don't even know it exists, and yeah. you know, maybe they heard about it the day it happened, and then they forgot already. Yeah, I don't think it's it's nearly that per- pervasive uh, outside of our circles.
1: Well, I, but I remember the same thing around the iPhone. I mean, when the yeah. iPhone first yeah. came out, I mean, I remember the first day I saw an iPhone in Canada. It was like at a at a Dweezil Zappa concert, and somebody came up from Buffalo to see him play. Right, and he was walking by me with an iPhone in his hand. I'm like, hey, that's cool. Um, and I remember going to WWDC in in or going to the states. You know, I went to Seattle and I went to. Um, you know, I went in 2010, you know, I went, I was, yeah, I was going back and forth the Mac world and stuff like that in the early days. And I would walk around San Francisco and nobody had an iPhone. Like you wouldn't, you know, uh, nobody had iPods either. Like, like people had them, but they didn't walk around with them right now. If you go, as you know, if you go on public transit, everybody's got a smartphone in their hand. Even homeless people have smartphones, you know? Yeah. No, well, no
2: in 2010, if you walked around with your iPhone visible, it was going to get stolen in San Francisco.
1: No, that was... <laughs> So, that was that was probably so that part, was part of, of part it. of the calculus yeah. exactly yeah like if somebody yeah. saw the white headphones white uh, white headphones they because yeah it was happening up here too people were were you know beating up kids and taking their their home pods or i ipods mm-hmm. away from them right yeah no definitely and and you know I mean that's why now we have you know what is it the the lock protection that Apple puts on the devices and they can brick them from wherever right so the find my you know the find my technology. But anyway, I just want to talk about this next story since we kind of led into it, and that is that, um, the, it's kind of good news for Jonathan and myself, I suppose, is that, um, the, the international release dates have been announced, or not announced, sorry, they've been leaked, uh, and it looks like Canada, China, the UK, and places like that will probably get, um, these by sometime in May, so, um. and, and that said, like there were a bunch, of show- a bunch of them showed up on Facebook Marketplace too. Like, if you really wanted to have um, one and you don't want to go to the states, you can get one more or less for around the money that I pe- spent on it. So, so there, you know, there's probably about four or five of them in in Facebook Marketplace today, right? Um, but yeah, so that's good news. That looks like you know, um, UK, Canada, they're probably well French. French localization is not going to be difficult for them. China, uh, France, Germany, um, Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, Australia will be getting them, you know, probably before the summer, right?
3: I mean, it makes sense, um, both in terms of, like, the markets they'd be choosing and from the joke we always make in that for the United Kingdom and for the English-speaking part of Canada, they just add the superfluous U's to their translations and then they got to add the french part for for canada and then you're like halfway there to get the uh, french for france part
4: so don't don't forget the res for the er's too we do a lot of the the res instead of the er's at the end of words yeah and all that extra storage is why they made the one terabyte model right for the extra use and stuff yes that's the quebecois model yeah Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, you don't want too long a period to go before you expand to those markets, and those ones make a lot of sense. I guess the question is yeah I mean it's gonna be a great moment where you can walk in and demo it at the at the Apple store. but when you see what's the you know what's the translation for for what you put in as far as cost Tim to to Canadian dollars and if people know that it's a yeah, six grand price tag you're yeah, right seven, seven seven yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get the people who are you know the early adopters the major tech heads for sure you're gonna get developers who you know want to get their hands on it uh, and obviously the extremely wealthy but it's it's not a populist item it just isn't and and it won't be for the foreseeable future as a matter of fact, it will be, you know, in the same way that having an iPhone was 15 years ago, it'll be a status thing. Uh, I saw a video the other day, of, you know, they were talking about how they're popping up in public spaces. They showed a video on social media of a young man sitting on a uh, New York City subway using it and somebody was filming him gesturing and stuff like that. And, and of course, it's been used in a mocking sense. Oh, this looks ridiculous or whatever. Um, I don't know that I'd wear mine on the New York City subway system, but uh, teach their own uh but i saw somebody wearing one courtside at an nba game on sunday and (laughs) and i thought well that's an interesting way to approach this you know and and again maybe what they had was the the box score up so they could keep track of the game while they're while they're watching the game live or maybe there's an in arena function already i don't know but uh it's it's just going it to just be... want it to be seen. <laughs> well, that <laughs> too, <laughs> that yeah. too. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's just it's really it feels like this is going to be a slower burn than what we're used to with Apple products, right? Apple products are usually, as you say, Tim, like people lined up around the block, and and there's a known quantity to it. This one, a, it's an unknown quantity, and B, it, yeah, that's just it's a major price point. It's the most expensive product that they offer, right? Yeah, true. They they, they did sell two hundred thousand of them in the pre-sale, so
1: um which but is that's not that many no it's, they really in the grand that many. Saying, no it's not compared to iphones they you know iphones they must sell millions in a day right when they first come yeah. out right yep.
3: yeah yeah and, and looking at the scale right like you know it's the inkblot test the rorschach test of what people want to write uh, as far as we know and we won't know really until apple if they talk at all during their quarterly results about Uh, the quarter that covers the Apple vision pro 200,000. They probably sold out or got really close to selling out of what they had. Um, Mm -hmm. 100,000 units times 3,500 us, you know, that's about $700 million. That is huge. If you are any other company that isn't named Apple, uh, for Apple, it's like the couch cushions change at, it's Steve jobs or Tim Cook or somebody who's been there long enough to ride the, the stock roller coasters house. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a, a thing to to sniff at either, given that as you all are sort of poking it here, like a lot of folks are going to compare this to like, well what how does this compare to like the meta quest, the Oculus quest? It's like, well, it's kind of like comparing a Volkswagen Jetta and a Ferrari. Like that right. Jetta yeah. It's twenty one thousand dollars. I'm looking at their website right now, and Ferraris, according to Car and Driver, they start around two hundred and forty k. So when you're when you're thinking about this, think about what people are looking at these things for. Do, well, this one does the same thing. Why is it more expensive? But like, I guarantee you that Ferrari does fewer things than the Volkswagen Jetta. The things
2: it does really well <laughs> does way better.
3: Yeah, no the
2: are probably much better than the Jetta, actually.
3: Yeah, it's got four, four, yeah. you know, four doors, Cut four covers. seats. You yeah. um, can actually put stuff in the trunk, but boy, it's not going to have that performance and uh, and the cachet and other things. So, yeah, um, I, I think to folks' point, like, is this version uh, going to be the one that that shocks the world? I was like, well, it's really hard to to have iPhone be the the standard iPhone is a is a, a global history changer. iPad nowhere near as much. Uh, Apple Watch nowhere near as much. And yet, those are market leaders in their segments. This so far seems like it probably will be, even at its expensive price. The market leader in its segment, um, and it does critically say "Pro" in the name. And I know they've sometimes used that to mean "give us more money." <laughs> That's why it's Pro. <laughs> Uh, as I sit here with my iPhone 15 Pro, but I think it should be a hint that like you shouldn't think of these as stocking stuffers, and you get one for each of the kids in the family for the holidays, right? Like, yeah. you're you're investing in this as a as an early adopter, or part of your job, or just because you want to try out cool new tech, and perhaps someday it will be like the Apple Watch. That, I think that would be a pretty good success. Remember that first mm-hmm. watch came out, we were like, what the heck is this for? Kind of took a, a while for it to. To get its uh, feet settled underneath it, and now it's like, oh yeah, look, everybody's wearing a darn Apple Watch. Not literally everybody, but like it is so common now; it's not even unusual to see them out there in the field. It has found a place. This, I think, will probably find a place. Although, don't know what it is because if I did, I wouldn't tell anybody here. I would go invest in the companies that are <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doing all the cool stuff. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Cool. One thing
2: I wonder about is you. You mentioned that seven hundred million dollars that they're that Apple's making revenue on this thing, assuming they sell them all at full price right uh, I wonder how much margin they get on that how much is, of that is actual profit versus just cost of cost of goods and whatever and this thing's probably pretty expensive to make and i yeah. I, bet mm-hmm. you, I bet you I betcha they're not keeping that much of that thirty five hundred dollars at this point it's a I bet you it's a loss leader to to get people hooked for the next for the V two, V three. I mean they may make a little bit of profit, but but I bet you it's not much. Yeah, another
4: typical thirty to forty percent margin, something much thinner than that. Oh uh, much thinner than that. Yeah. I would think much thinner than that. I think the comparison to the lost leader is a good one too. Like essentially what this is is a brand building thing, right? Mm -hmm. They are gonna sell them to tech heads, the tech heads are gonna tell each other about it, they're gonna sell them to rich people, the rich people are gonna consider them status symbols. So every rich kid's kid or every rich guy's kid is gonna want one and then it's gonna be a thing. So then it's gonna come raise the cachet. So yeah, I mean at this point it's it's basically a sunk cost and a good one for them, right? Yeah. Right.
1: And, and right. typical typical of Apple, they've they've put this they've put the technology in our hands and we come up we come up with the ideas and, and make it into something that's compelling, right? Um we're gonna talk a little bit about, about applications in a few minutes, but you know, in nothing I mean I've seen, seen something that's gonna you know, that blew me away and we're gonna talk about that off the top of this next section. But as far as app goes, apps go, I've not really seen any app that's kinda of gone, oh my god, I can't believe that was didn't exist
4: before today kind of thing right so i just want to get your perspective so the thing that the iphone was was a killer of the ipod and it was a killer of the cell phone right it essentially combined those two things and you know obviously it amalgamated other things you know pocket-sized cameras other devices and stuff like that but really the two things that it disrupted the most were were an mp3 player and a phone those were the right. two things that just essentially it just wiped them out of the market you couldn't just have a regular phone and you couldn't just have an uh, an mp3 player yeah, it anymore. also woke,
1: what wiped out the wap, WAP browser. browser remember the wap browser because uh, on blackberry you could go on the internet but it was like a text-based kind of experience it wasn't really yeah <laughs> yeah so the, the browser was a big thing too
4: so if that was that and that was the game-changing thing for that then i want to put it to the three of you what is this the thing like what is this going to replace and i know Tim, obviously, you've got some strong opinions having had it on your face, but, you know, does it kill the laptop? Does it kill the desktop? Does it kill your television set? Does it kill your, you know, like, what is it that this thing replaces that makes it worth that value? As you said, Tim, plasma TVs were stupid expensive when they came out. Now you can get a decent, you know, flat screen LED TV or a uh, OLED or whatever for a reasonable amount of money. If you suddenly didn't have to replace your next TV because you have this, if you suddenly didn't have to replace your next laptop because of this, maybe it's worth it, right? Well, yeah,
2: it's it's a good question. Uh, I, I wonder if it will ever replace TVs because part of watching TV is the social aspect of it, right? You, have, you want the big TV in the room with, with the whole family around, gathered around, I guess. I mean, maybe people don't do that as much anymore, but there's some there's some of that well, still sports, going on.
1: Sports events. So you guys are all going to get sports together events. and watch the Super Bowl next weekend, right?
2: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so I I think the target is, is the laptop to me, that's the target. Now, whether it actually works, whether it actually makes it is a good question. The, the, the laptop has some advantages. You can take that with you into a meeting, right? And and that's kind of, that's probably the, the original advantage of the laptop was business travelers. You could carry it around with you, use it in the hotel, take it to the meeting and whatnot and pop it open in the meeting. And, And uh, and it's there for you. It's it's sort of hard to see going to a business meeting, especially if you're visiting like a customer that you're trying to impress. It's hard to see going to a meeting and popping this thing on where they can't see you
1: anymore. But, But that's that hold that thought because you can. Right. You can't see it in 3D. But one of the one of the cool things that I was doing yesterday was if you have an Apple TV in the room, you can broadcast to the Apple TV so they can see what you're seeing on the screen.
4: Although we did establish there's some limitations on that. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the the personal
2: interaction mm-hmm. of, you know, you're, you're walking into you're your, let's say you're a, a sales engineer walking into a room, trying to meet the client or the customer, and you're going to try to sell them something. Uh, are you going to put this thing on? No. Cause they can't look you in the eye. Yeah. Now. That's true. And, and you're going to lose that sale as soon as you do that. Now, Okay maybe that mode of interacting will break down I mean especially if you know we're we're into a more you know remote working more online video world but mm-hmm. but I still think we lose a lot of that stuff so it's it's I don't know if it's going to replace the laptop so easily for everyone.
3: Yeah I'm not sure I'm like the one killer use case because I I think similar to Mark uh, I was going down the remote working route where mm-hmm. you can have Larger screens, screens that are you know, set up the particular way that you want. Um, and for remote working, it'd be great to be like, I don't know, man, let me, just, you know, let me ha- have your screen. I'm going to look at it. At- okay, I'm looking at my screen. Oh, okay, I see what's going on here. And then interact that way. That's less of a uh, of a working in person and, and salesy kind of thing. I also think that um, media consumption, not in the, uh, the Super Bowl or bring everybody over kind of thing, but with things like um what is it called like share play and synchronization Mm -hmm. like i was thinking like hmm so if we wanted to enjoy something together in my household both me and my significant other would need to have one and then it would need to sync up together so we're watching the same thing at the same time Mm -hmm. in the same wonderful immersive experience but uh you know not like oh she's 30 seconds ahead for some reason right like that would be irritating. She went, Oh, what? I was like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're talking about. Like you don't have that when you have the large screen that everybody can gather around, but some of the the media experiences, even just the, Oh, look, it's like having a big uh, theater to yourself. That seems pretty interesting. And I also think for people who are, uh, you know, single, uh, live on their own, I could see it being a thing that can help change the perspective of like, well, yep. So I've got this, tiny little uh, closet that i live in in new york city in in manhattan and my window opens to a brick wall but just like that black mirror episode that's okay because when i look out that window i see tahiti and right my office is seemingly and they showed this in like the apple walkthrough uh, like the 10 minute walkthrough it's like oh look uh, i'm here on this mountaintop and uh, like dusk or something and, and that's my my view as i'm as i'm working in safari or working in other things like i think those sorts of things will be useful in isolation and in some limited pairing i don't know how that will work on mass or with larger groups but at least for those yes so many of us are commonly staring at our phones or our uh, our ipads or maybe our macbooks how is this that different than that Maybe not. So maybe it ends up filling in nicely for those things that we already have devices for.
1: To me, I mean, like because I've worked with it and I've, I've had a chance to experience it, and, and I've had like three, three or four days with it already, like twenty four seven kind of thing access to it. Um, you know, I the first thing I wanted it for as a developer was was um, you know I was working with a, a test device previously, and I ran I, I published an app on Vision OS that was available on day one, but um i until i actually was able to run the 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 code itself and look at it on the actual device i'm surprised at how different it is between the simulator and actually running your code on on this thing especially with reality kit it's amazing like you don't get a sense of the scale of an object you're creating in in virtual space until you can actually render it in the real world under air quotes right but um so this one particular interface, like I had a ratings uh, thing where you could rate something, you know, with five stars or whatever. But I had made the stars too small that you couldn't select them with the with the device on. So I had to go in on the Vision OS. I had to bump up the size to sixty points and then publish it to the to my own device. So I turned on developer mode, got that going, went into the the device, you know, brought it up on like brought it up brought Xcode up on my my Mac shared it to this device. So I've got like now my ex, my Mac looks like it's got a 4k display on it, made the change in Xcode, ran it to and rather, instead, of, instead of running it to the simulator, ran it to the device. So I could actually see the app loading in front of me as, as if it would, if you got it from the store, you know, tested the bug, realized I'd fixed it. And then I basically went log, opened up Safari on the device, went onto the app developer.apple.com, opened up my app, you know, submitted my change, you know, and put it into review. So I was able to do all of the stuff that I would normally do on a Mac with this with the headset, using my fingers and my I didn't even have a keyboard. I was using the the virtual keyboard itself. So I was able to actually do work. And and you know what I've been doing all day long was kind of um I'm actually writing an article right now. I haven't haven't gotten, haven't gotten the, I haven't got the I did actually get vision or VS code running on my Mac on this on this device. I had to make the font bigger because You know, if it's a 4K screen, everything's tiny on it, right? Um, But yeah, I'm able to, like, send emails, write slacks. By the way, just we shared uh, Google Docs uh, for the show notes for this this episode. And I entered a whole bunch of items here, which we're talking about right now, um, on the Vision Pro, right? But Google Docs hasn't released an app, or Google, for clear reasons, hasn't released an app for, for Vision OS. So I'm not working natively. I'm working on a Safari browser and... This is the first time I had difficulty entering text on anything in Vision OS in the last three days, right? So I really struggled with this. Eventually, I just picked up my phone and did it on my phone. It was so frustrating, but because you know you, you can actually when you're typing, you can actually pinch to k- pick up the cursor and move it to where you want on the page. I think the the virtual keyboard needs arrows, like you know the arrow keys that we have on our keyboard, so you can navigate around up and down and left and right. That that's one thing that's missing on the keyboard, but um yeah i'm using it i'm using it for work i mean like um i'm sitting in the kitchen you know with i can bring up my mac screen with the mac you still have to use your trackpad and your keyboard but everything else i'm doing using my hands i've got like you know i can keep it i've got a friend of mine which i'll talk about in my picks, made a little utility i can keep an eye on the battery i know what the date and time is you know i can open up different things and for the purpose of this show i i tried out a few of the apps media related to try this right so but let, let me circle back to what happens when you do this. You can book a 20-minute demo at the Apple Store. When we went on Sunday, I, I took, uh, my grandson Xavier came with us. Uh, he's the number one fan of, of SpotCast. You may have heard us mention that before. But he and I went down to, to Rochester to try this thing out. And we got there early enough because we just got through The border was... Waited at the border. wasn't too long. We got, got to the mall early. And so I said, well, let's go see if we can get Xavier a demo. So we both ended up getting a 20 minute demo. You, if you buy an app, if you buy the device at the store, you get a 20 minute demo for free, kind of thing. But you can sign up. You, we're, they were doing walk-ins the day we were there, so we we went in, we made an appointment. He got a demo, I got a demo. They put they take your glasses, they measure, they give you a proper, they measure your prescription with your glasses, and then they bring you the 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 device with the Zeiss inserts in, and they run you through a 20 minute demo where you try out. Uh, a bunch of 3d there's a 3d movie from apple where this woman is walking across a tightrope in the fjords in norway and it's like blows you away right and then they show you a little like a five-minute clip of alicia keys singing in her studio with her band and you're like in the room with her right and she's like looking right at you as she's singing kind of thing um and they there's a dinosaur interactive where the the dinosaur comes you know right out and so when I show this to people, the first thing I do is sit down with them and I get them to open the dinosaur experience thing. And, and you you, go, you see a butterfly flying towards you. You hold your finger out, right? And it recognizes your finger as an anchor and the butterfly lands on your finger, right? And then the dinosaur comes out and you can stroke the head of the dinosaur virtually. You're not actually touching anything, but, and it reacts to your, your movement, right? So those kind of things, it, it, they're hard to describe other than, than what I just did, right? It's, it's a very visceral thing to see this, you know, 15-foot uh, you know, dinosaur come and, and, sn- and blow a sniff at you and, and chomp at you kind of thing, right? Um, there's a video on the Apple... So the Apple TV uh, shipped a bunch of content, and that's what kind of one of the reasons we want to have Jonathan on the show. The Apple TV uh, shipped a bunch... Apple TV app shipped a bunch of 3D um, content... As well as Disney Plus released a bunch of things, right? So, in the, the there's a, like a rhino um, short film clip thing where you, you've got these giant African rhinos and they're like literally right in front of you. Like, you know how you, how you can reach out and pet your dog? Well, you could reach out and pet this, this uh, uh, rhinoceros. That's how close they are in the, in the vi- video. And it's like mind altering 3D. It's not like 3D, like, you know, when you go to, to the cinema kind of thing, right? Um, so it, that, that's sort of really sort of gets to your emotions in terms of like how the, your eyesight perception and the spatial audio really sells the fact that you're in front of this, this creature, which is like thousands of miles away in a different time zone and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, hard to describe, but as well, Disney plus came out and they've released a bunch of 3d movies specifically for vision OS. Cause you know, as we know, Disney was was on the stage with at WWC, and so, you know, there's, like, Black Widow and the, the three um, new Star Wars movies, Force Awakens, all the way up to <clears throat> uh, Jonathan's favorite, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, Marvel movies are there, like uh, the, the last Marvel movie, the Ant-Man and Quantumania is there. Um, of course, the two Avatar movies are there. Uh, and you can try these out. And and what Disney's done. Disney's done an interesting thing because we talked about this before. And Disney and IMAX both did this, where you know we we talked. I think I've talked about the environments where you, you can you can change your surroundings to make it look like you're sitting at mount, mount Hood. I think that's in Washington, right, Jaime?
3: Uh, um, I don't know if the range extends. Mount Hood is in Oregon.
1: Oregon. Okay. So you can. So you can. You can. You're sitting at the edge of the lake. You know that's your that, that comes your your desktop that kind of surrounds you and that's all you see. Or you can go into, you can sit on the moon, or you can go to Yosemite. And, and what's interesting about those those environments is they change uh, lighting based on the time of day, right? You can have them light all the time, but if you, if it's like an evening, you'll see like an evening view of Yosemite or, or Mount Hood. But Disney and, and IMAX have done the same thing. When you run a Disney movie, you can choose to be in the Disney theater, which is a virtual theater, and it's, you know it looks like you're sitting in a movie theater. It looks, looks like the screen is up on the wall and it's huge. In fact, the IMAX app looks like you're at an IMAX auditorium, right? Like you're sitting, you know, in a center seat in the middle of the theater um, and the, the surroundings dim away and all you see is is, um, is a virtual environment. And you're, you know, like if you're in a bright room, it's all dark because the, the LED doesn't let the light through and... In fact, uh, I mean you're you're in you're not really seeing what you're seeing. You're when you look through the Vision Pro, you're actually seeing a, a pass through video that's being filmed from outside on the outside cameras. But um so that, that experience is kinda cool, that like you can actually consume the media. Like, you know, when Jonathan and I go to see a movie in IMAX, we're sitting next to each other. Yes. We can make comments to each other for all but for all intents and purposes, we've got those goofy glasses on and we're looking at a screen in front of us, right? The difference here is you're not wrestling with the glasses trying to make sure they stay on your head um and you're, you're it's as if you're sitting the only thing's missing is the smell of popcorn and nachos right and a big gulp which <laughs> you can make at home which you can make at home that's true so that that's kind of cool and and so that's the that's the, interesting, the entertainment side of it and then of course the NBA app is out PGA has an app out um have all all the franchises sports franch- sports franchise sports franchises that have apps out so they've got like you know um supposedly live feed of of data you know when you're when you're watching the the pga thing you can replay shots like there's one shot where a guy gets one of the tees at pebble beach he gets a hole in one kind of thing um but in terms of what i was saying earlier about the amount of effort that went into the app they you you, i don't know if you guys remember the diorama app that apple demonstrated with catalina and uh um, i think it was yosemite It was kind of like a, a demo app they, it's like they took that code and just turned it into pebble beach right kind of thing and they did a little bit of extra stuff but they didn't go too far in terms of like reinventing the wheel they just kind of took the code that i mean that said it, there wasn't a lot of documentation from apple beyond those the demo code in terms of what you could do so i think a lot of us who have been writing vision os have all kind of been leaning on each other to you know figure out how to make different things happen in in the operating system because some things are it's very similar to ios on an ipad but it's different like there are some things that just don't work or not supported and and then there are paradigms that don't exist uh in ios that are are available here on vision os right so in terms of like input output i mean you can you can you can dictate to it it's pretty good and and there is a bit of lag between what you say and what the device uh, as far as i thought it was all on like on device um siri I i think that's what i read somewhere but I've noticed that when I say when I say something, it doesn't quite catch the gist of what I'm saying. But then, if I wait like like a, a split second or two, like there's a bit of a lag, it actually does correct and, and corrects the the actual phrase that I use, Right. So dictation is a bit laggy in that sense. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, and keying the keyboard in, like if you have to if you have to enter in your passcode or that kind of stuff, um, you kind of reach out with your index fingers and you poke at the poke at the the numbers and characters and stuff like that and and they respond. And it's it's a lot better than than the the first couple of times I tried it. Um that's all I can say about that. But um you know and and, but you can also look at a letter with your eyes and you can tap your finger and index finger and your thumb together and that's like clicking the key, right? So I think the coolest thing too, John you you can probably agree with this, is like it's it's cool but it's it's weird, but you look at things rather than using a mouse or a trackpad, right? to select them. The I eye mean. tracking stuff, yeah. Yeah, the eye tracking is phenomenal in that sense, right?
4: Yeah, it, it didn't take long to get used to, or, you know, you were looking at the at this screen while I was looking in the device mm-hmm. and you know, it's just it takes a moment to sort of figure out like, "Oh, my eyes are my mouse." But once you do, it it does become intuitive pretty fast. Um uh, although we did realize that you had to set it for uh, left-handed people to really right-handed people. but Yeah, it took us a minute to figure
1: out how to... Jonathan's left-handed, so it took us a minute to figure out how to set the controls up for him.
4: But, yeah, it uh, it was surprisingly responsive as far as where you're looking. There was some stuff that, you know, like, like uh, and one of the features I think, Tim, you had pointed out, you have to look above, like pretty much look yeah, to the top to make the, the exit menu appear. You have to look down and into the corner and a couple of things. So some things takes a bit of practice but it didn't yeah. take long before i think all of us were feeling like oh this is this is not wildly challenging i didn't get a chance to try i saw my daughter tried the um the keyboard function inside of searching in Google. She she picked it up right away,
1: but she's, she's a gamer. She's like always in...
4: She is, and she's also like, she's a native, right? Like, she's never lived in a world that didn't have touchscreen, you know, VR, all those things have all been part of her reality. She's 18 years old, right? So it's a different i think for 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 people of a certain age it's going to take a bit more of a learning curve just cuz it's not intuitive for her you're right she just sort of popped it on and was like oh i just do this oh i just do this <laughs> like it yeah. was pretty neat to watch um yeah. but i agree with you tim like i think some of those you know we 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 tried a few of the apps together we tried the um the dinosaurs the alicia keys we tried the um we tried the um PGA app and tried some of the functionality like there's a lot of there there is some very cool things that would make and enhance the enjoyment of other experiences and Mm -hmm. it's funny because you know Like, think about how habits have evolved, you know, so often now, even if you're with your significant other and you're watching something together, depending on what it is, some things are more immersive and obviously it's a quality issue and everything else, but you have your phone out, you have your iPad out, you have your laptop, you've got something on the TV, you're chit-chatting, but you're also watching something. But even when you're by yourself, like if I'm by myself, I might have a program on where I'm kind of mostly watching, but I'll be checking the scores and the games, I'll be, you know, checking my social media, or I'll be, you know, playing, playing a little, you know, a pocket game or whatever, that this device kind of just sort of amalgamates those experiences too, right? You can have all your screens up, you can have, you know, the live tracker of the sporting event off to one side, and you can have a movie in front of you, and you can have your social feed in another window, and, you know, and as we looked at on like the PGA app, you know, when they're on a hole, it'll give you live updates of like, okay, you just saw this shot. This is actually how it tracked. This is where it landed. This is where the player has to now navigate this, you know, this kind of terrain on the course and stuff like that. It's very cool stuff that you just can't get when you're not in that virtual environment and in that 3D environment, right? Where, you know, you can actually like you know oh, for lack of a term pinch and zoom and zoom in and out of these things and yeah it's, it's it's there's a lot of ways that this will enhance experiences you already like the other the other thing that it kind of gets knocked
1: on and, and I, I tried to write about this back in august but i got or september but i, I got told i couldn't do i couldn't talk about it at that point in time but the pass-through video is is basically it's like it it feels like you're actually you don't you don't have you're looking through a piece of glass, right? um Admittedly, a frosty piece of glass because everything's a little bit out of focus yeah. because it's not quite 4K. So the, you know, the the icons on the screen and the the lettering on your your browser are crisp or crisp, like you know, really really high res. And yet you look at your hands or you look at the table in front of you or you look at your phone. It's a it's almost like um well for me because I take if I take my glasses off, it's, it, it's similar to that. in that you know. Yeah, kind of have to look at it to get it to to, to really read it kind of thing, right? Um, it is, uh, for me, per, actually, like I've been wearing it, I've been using it without con- without glasses or without contacts because I could wear contacts, but I don't like putting them in and taking them out. But, um, and I haven't got my Zeiss lenses, I'm still struggling to, the, the, my beef right now is, I went and got an American subscription because that's required to get these right now. Um, I went to a lens crafter on the day of, and um, I'm not able to upload it to Apple because I keep getting that, you know, something went wrong, please upload again, kind of message that we've been getting on the App Store and various other places. I don't know if you guys have come across that, but like, it just will not take my prescription and upload it to Zeiss, so kind of annoying. Um, I've been on support calls about that
3: because so like some okay. validation is saying wait but this is a canadian what are they doing with no American no I, I was
1: in the states when i did it so yeah no no other people are having the same problem because i talked to the i talked to the apple support people and they, they they've they acknowledged that there are other people on the call having the same problem they don't know what it is but it's clearly their their server problem because that did happen to me a few times when i was trying to up, do updates last month with uh trying to submit apps to the app store and people were complaining about the app store not being able to upload things today like so it's not just it's not just it's something on apple's end right is there's what what the deal is and i've tried different browsers i've tried vpns i've you know, tried it when i was in the states i tried it in canada you know I, i'm almost like if i wish I, I wish i had a windows pc here because i'm tempted to try there but you know because i've tried everything i've tried different browsers and time of day and it's just yeah it's just something something busted on their end um yeah, so the pasture video is it, it gets a lot of knocks, but it's still amazing. Like it is so there's no distortion between you know where you think your hand is and where it actually is. Like if you reach out for something or somebody hands you something, the the you know the the focal length on the the lenses are using are almost identical to your eyes. So it's very different. It's you know there may be a bit of lag in some cases, but or some flickering and that kind of stuff, but it's it's amazing, really well engineered, right? Like it's they kind of it's it's what you would expect from Apple in terms of what they could have done and what they actually did do is it's sort of above and beyond what you would expect the technology would let them do, right? So that's cool. The one thing though that that I learned this term I learned FOV or field of view. Um, I really hadn't paid attention to that initially, but you know because of the device you're wearing a light shield around you that that's basically black on the inside. And because the the actual device is probably, um, I want to say it's it's about two inches away from your actual eyes. You're looking at a device in front of your eyes. But so you're kind of looking in a tunnel, right? And if somebody hadn't pointed that out to me, I probably wouldn't have been as aware of it as I am now. Um, that you are kind of, you kind of have tunnel vision in that sense. Like if you wear glasses, you're kind of looking through, you know, small lenses in front of your face. But the the black, like, I think when, what you were saying earlier about going to a meeting Mark is that, you know, even if you're in a meeting and somebody's sitting beside you, you're not looking directly at them. But you can sort of see by their body language or their, what they're wearing or colors of them. You know, you can, you can still pick them up on the side of your eye kind of thing. Right. Um, but you're blocked here. Like you've got a blind spot in that sense because of the field of field of vision thing. And and it's funny because some people had said, take the, they were talking about taking the light shield off and, moving the lenses closer to their face so just for science i tried that this afternoon and it actually looks pretty good i mean like you can you can still get away with if i think you know apple's probably done their engineering to figure out the optimal distance between your eyes and the actual uh, screens that you're looking at um but you know an argument could be made they could have moved it in a little closer and you'd have a wider field of vision that way right so you know it's not like 180 like we have now or whatever whatever number we have right? And that said, I heard somebody say, so there's a new version in beta, one, version 1.1 of the OS is out in beta, and people are already saying that the pass-through is better in 1.1, so that remains to be seen. So moving on to the developer mode, um, there's two, two, two issues with developer mode. One is that um, the the commercial units that ship, the ones we tried in, in the... Um, in uh, the labs in Cupertino, they had the developer strap, which is like a—I think it's two ninety-nine for this strap that you replace the side strap, but it's got a USB port on it, so you can plug a USB-C cable in directly into your Mac. But otherwise, the way you use this device, the commercial one—the one you buy at the retail store—is you you basically pair to it with your Mac, and you you push your builds from Xcode over the air, and it works fine. I mean. Um, personally I use, I still tether my, my iPhone and my iPad to my Mac when I'm, when I want to do a build, but you know, you, you've got that network access and that's again, something that they've been, <laughs> they had developed for a reason. Um, I think Apple TV, you also have to pair, right? To, if you're pushing builds up to it, but so the, the developer strap at 299 is a bit controversial, but you really don't need it. I mean, short of bricking your, your device, your device and having to go into DFU mode, um, the, the over the air updates is, is quite good, right? So have you guys that you guys saw the post about the the developer strap at all? It's not called a strap, but that's what we're calling it.
3: <laughs> I, I did and I didn't understand it. I thought it was a joke, you know, because people were yeah. kind of clowning on the the various accessories that you could get for it. I thought developer strap was a joke of some sort. I didn't realize
1: it was like a legitimate useful thing. It is pretty funny to me because I can't order it because my my developer account is definitely Canadian, right? Um, and when I go to the store and try and buy it, it says it it, it was not available to my account because it's my developer account. So they, they definitely are only restricting this access to this developer strap to American uh, developers, which is a bit weird. Because like, as I mentioned before, I had a whole bunch of European friends who came over and got them. And I know of a couple of other Canadians that drove down and got them as well, right? So... The other the other controversial thing is the personas, right? Um and what what they, what you do with that is you you turn the you hold the device out in front of you and it looks back at you and hopefully you light yourself well and it does a scan of your face and so it builds a a, a 3D model of your face and then it looks at the color of your face and the and your eyes and your you know my in my case my beard and it makes uh an avatar of you that looks Pretty close to 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 what you actually look like, and so when you appear on a Zoom meeting or you appear on a Facetime call, instead of um, appearing as a guy wearing a helmet, you know, or like a, a ski goggles, you appear in this persona fa- uh, um, facade, right? And um, what's interesting, Mark, is all the jokes that you and I've made over emojis over the years, where you've got you can change yourself into like a mouse and stick your tongue out and eyes wink and all that kind of stuff. That's what this was for, right? Because uh, they, because now when you when you open your eyes, or you stick your tongue out, or you smile, or you laugh, or you close your eyes, all of that stuff is animated for you because they're tracking your face, right? The cameras are looking at the movement of your lips, and the obviously the eye tracking software is looking at your eyeballs, and so they, they basically renders what you're what you look like uh, for all intents and purposes in this uh, on a call because you're you're obviously you're not available to be on the call because you're. Got this thing strapped to your face, right? That's kind of cool.
4: It sounds just a little bit uh a little bit
1: creepy, just like a smidge. Yeah, but but by the same token though, I've I've seen I've seen the uh the caricature you guys made of me on on the Wii. It looks <laughs> nothing like me, right? Well, that's just like, harsh. It's, it's like an egg with a with a sort of hat on, right? So those
4: those small children worked hard on that. <laughs>
1: that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's cool um but in terms of in terms of apps it's uh it's interesting like um there, there at the on the release day there were 600 apps that came out that were available on on day one um and we all got a letter from from vp of marketing or something like that but um there i mean there's nothing like uh other than the apps i talked about like disney and imax uh and there's a few that Jaime's is kind we're gonna go through in a bit but um there's nothing really leaps off the page in terms of you know Oh my god, I can't believe we lived we are live, living without this yet. Um although I should say that I haven't tried the Black Mirror or the Black Box, you know, um um McLeod's app. Uh he apparently he went back in and he he basically took the 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 ideas he had for black box puzzles and made uh they're bubbles that you have to solve, right? And he's got so he's getting kudos for that. So that's kind of a unique take on an app that I hadn't seen before on on uh, anywhere really because it didn't exist before vision OS, so that's kind of kudos to him for getting that one out um and of course youtube YouTube not showing up, but we'll talk about YouTube in a minute not showing up, but there's a couple of apps out there that that have uh, taken the YouTube approach and built apps for them, right so that's cool um I talked about the comfort and weight and the the straps that we had in on in cupertino were a little different than what we what we ended up with um there's a strap that goes around the back of your head and and it's pretty good but but it, it t- does tend to lean a bit forward so they the second strap that they came out with the the dual strap which goes over your head and around the back of your head um that makes it quite comfortable to to wear um it's a bit of pressure on your on your cheeks and i did notice for for the sake of this episode um i kind of just you know shook my head a little bit or bob, bob, bobbed my head back and forth to see if the weight really if I really did notice the weight, because when I'm sitting there, most of the time I'm sitting there with my head is relatively still. Um, I don't really notice the weight other than a little bit of pressure on my cheeks. Um, but yeah, if you, when I, when I bob my head back and forth, it definitely feels like there's some weight there. But that said, I mean, I've been playing hockey for almost 45 years or 40 years or whatever. And when I, I'm a goaltender, so I've always had a heavy helmet on my head. So it's no different. It's, it's actually less, less, less weight than that. But, You know if you're a football player or you know if you have ridden a bike you know um if you you have any kind of head protection you've had in the past um you've had heavy things on your head so um i don't i don't find the weight and the bulkiness to be like you don't really realize that once you get in when you when you're in there i think what you're experiencing through your eyes and, and your ears is just so cool that you don't really pay attention to the weight of it right per se
4: do you think you could wear it for a, a work day? Do you think do you think you could comfortably wear it for seven hours? I, I think I'd have
1: to work up to seven hours. I've probably worn it. You know, I've worn it for quite a bit of time. Um, like I've I've worn it for like several hours at a, at a stretch. You know, um, like at least three four hours, or I'd say three hours is probably the longest I've gone. I turned on the screen time thing so I can measure because I that, I haven't found a report anywhere that. Shows how long, how many like man hours I've used it for, kind of thing. Um, but it's actually plugged in right now because I was going to throw it on and show you guys the persona if you want to see it. But um, but I, I don't find it too too heavy. But you do look like a, a goof with it on, though. I got to say.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, it, as, as was pointed out earlier, it's it, it's hard when you can't look someone in the eye, and that that it, it, it is. It's almost like frosted, right? You just it looks like you're jumping into Ready Player One. Well, the thing you, thing you didn't see was was there's a lenticular
1: set of lenticular um, screens on the outside, right? And what they do is you you again you do the persona thing where it it you turn it and you face face it towards yourself so you're filming, and it creates a version of your eyes that it then projects onto the screen. So when you're like once you've logged in and it and it's like like if you put it on today, Jonathan, it, you would you would be you would have my eyes, for example, right right, but and they—they're—I mean—they're I mean, pretty passable. I mean, like they don't—they don't—not super bright because it's a lenticular, and that technology isn't too bright, like in terms of like uh, luminescence. But um, yeah, for all—I uh, you know, should—I shouldn't say—I should tell you that my dog was a little freaked out this morning when I put it on and I was had it on for about an hour. He came over, and looked at me, and he's like licking my hand, going, "What is wrong with your face, man?". <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because the eyes were freaking him out, but he doesn't like you know he doesn't like statues. He doesn't like fire hydrants. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a bucket is inverted on the street, he has a, a problem walking down the sidewalk and that kind of stuff. Right. So, like if he if he ran into R two D two, he would have serious problems. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I wonder if uh, it's just a matter of time before we start seeing like the add-ons for these things, you know, uh, like, uh, like those things you put on your Crocs, the, uh, the little, the little, uh bits of, of flair. I wonder if there's going to be flair for this where like you can put on, uh, you know, the Mohawk attachment across the top, the, uh, the dangly earrings, you know, just really go to town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and and so I briefly, I talked about optical ID. That's the the Face ID, Touch ID replacement. It is so much cooler. Like you know, with with Face ID, you can't be eating a sandwich. You can't be yawning. You know, with with Touch ID, you got to make sure you, you store the right finger that you're touching with it. But this, you, yeah, the only the only time it ever complains to me is if I need to like actually raise it up a bit on my on my face because it, it just needs to be centered and maybe hangs down a bit. But yeah, like if it's plugged in and t- and you've been you've had it on before, you just put it on and it, it wakes up and then does an optical ID scan to make sure you're the same person and uh, away you go. Like it, it has a guest mode, for example, like if I want to demo it to somebody else, you can put it in guest mode and then uh, you have five, within five minutes, you just take it off, they put it on and then it goes into guest mode and it does it does all the sort of uh, calibration of the eyes and, and the hands and stuff like that for them. And then when they take it off, it comes out of guest mode and goes back into being your Vision Pro Vision Pro again, right? So, and then what we were talking about before was there's two things about mirroring. So you can mirror, you can you can have the display of your screen appear on an Apple TV or an iPad or a Mac, um, so people can see what you're looking at and what you're talking about. They really can't get the sort of three dimensional spatial uh, feeling that you have, like like you reach out and turn you're pointing to a screen to your left they don't get the idea that this big giant you know 10 foot window is hanging there right they they can see that you're looking at it but they don't get the sort of sense of scale right it's funny because i was just before the call i was you know checking out the disney app checking out the imax app um i had like uh i have a camera upstairs so i can watch the dogs up in the living room i had my i had pi day countdown running counting down to pi day 35 days left to pi day um i had the setting screen i had you know slack open and had these windows surrounding me and they were probably like you know filling the entire room like 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 huge screens right um and then yesterday it was at a a photo studio which is like you know big 40 foot high roof and you know 40 almost cube like 40 feet by 40 feet kind of thing and when i opened the windows or opened the the windows on the device they were like they were hanging like you know like big you know jumbotron kind of screens right so it perfect perspective and scale kind of you get lost in those kind of things too right like when you've got these big, big giant windows surrounding you right so you can it can act it can be like you're sitting in front of you know sitting at a desk with a bunch of monitors or it can feel like you're sitting you know in the sky dome looking at the score on the, the jumbotron or kind of thing it just it's just it's kind of weird that way hmm. right yeah and it's, it's funny because i had a bunch of screens open and i and I, I got up and i went up to the kitchen to check on the dogs and i looked back toward where the where the uh you know look into it's like i could see through the walls in the basement because i could still see the screens down in the basement where i where i was working right <laughs> so I, I left them all open so it's kind of like superman i can see through walls you know oh that's cool and the last thing is to talk about is a mac mirroring like this is i think uh one cool thing is that um you know if you have a mac and you, you pair it with this thing you can bring up the you basically bring up a giant screen like a uh, it's a 4k screen and you know so you can work in xcode on the device you still have to use a keyboard and a mouse unfortunately because you can't um there's no way to tell what you're trying to do with your hands and stuff like that but Yet, I shouldn't say that it'll never will be right, but um, yeah, it's cool that you could actually uh bring up a giant screen on your Mac and and work within the same environment with it with your other apps so you can have your Mac monitor there and then you've got your Vision OS monitor or Windows as well. So that's it's really kind of an interesting uh feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my i guess that's my ramble about <laughs> Vision OS. How is it on the developer side? It's uh, pretty good. I mean, like, like from the point of view, like I said, the 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 thing that's different is that is the sense of scale. You don't get the sense of scale with with uh, uh reality, like in the simulator. Simulator, you're looking at a two dimensional image of a of a of a room, right? And you can put things around the room. You can move them back and forth and stuff like that. But you really don't get the sense of scale until you actually do it in the real world, as it were, right? So, one of the apps I'm working on for this for the Codico course is I, I wanted to figure out how to teach people how to take up make a ball and then throw the ball right um and so instead of doing a basketball hoop i thought i would because we're geeks i decided to do a quidditch hoop right um so you basically throw the ball through the quidditch hoop and and when i was at the photo studio yesterday because my house as you know is cluttered and there's like nowhere where would i put a quidditch hoop here right <laughs> um you know so it's like 20 feet high kind of thing right and and uh so I was in. So when I was in the photo studio yesterday, before I left, I said, "Well, let me record this for the for the course." And so, yeah. So I've got this, you know, twenty foot quidditch hoop, and you take this, you know, ten centimeter ball, and you throw it through the hoop, and you know, cheering and things like that when you score, right? So hmm. using spatial audio for the cheer. <laughs>
4: Does it feel? I, I guess that the gaming part is something that I'm curious about. You know we we talk about again disruptors things that are are unique the Wii, right the Wii was was a changer it was it was a paradigm shift in taking what was the sort of experience of having the remote control in your hand and just pressing the buttons to make things happen to actually participating to an extent you know you're playing tennis, you're swinging a baseball bat, you're swinging a golf club like it, obviously it wasn't perfect technology, but it was a step forward and it's it's gotten us to where we are today mm-hmm. But I remember doing like batting practice and I remember playing tennis. and I remember boxing and all those sort of Wii sports games and just some of those things. And it always felt a little hollow just because, you know, the interactions are a little like you're you're whiffing into nothingness and stuff like that. What do you think about this as like a game tool, as as, as a gaming device? Is it going to... You know, my, my my daughter and I were talking about it the day after, uh, yeah. after you let us have our demo, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, what would you think if they were able to get something like Epic Games or Steam or something like that on a device like that? And she said, I can't imagine they would let that happen, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it would that be a cool experience? I don't know. I don't know she was saying it would have to be incredibly reactive for gamers to to want to use it right that's that's the challenge is that so much of gaming especially pc gaming and and computer gaming and online gaming is response time it's it's those kinds of things have to be like deadly accurate otherwise people will go nuts and throw these things across the room right well so so imagine
1: this like as you're saying this i'm, I'm getting an, an idea in my head so i've seen a few videos of of people with the vision pro on with a game controller playing, like, you know, NBA basketball, right? Like the game, right? And you're, you know, moving the characters around. And you can see that there's sort of the PlayStation, they got that sort of wobbly, you know, mechanics as the players run around. Imagine, if you will, that you could walk down onto the court and stand, you know, at the foul line and watch Kawhi Leonard take a shot. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? That's that's a different... I mean, not that you're sitting back in the stands looking at it, but you can actually be on the court with the player watching him, you know, deke around you kind of thing, right? Like that's a different like but I one of the things I've always said about like hockey is I like I like to play hockey. I like to play baseball. I don't really like to watch them.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Um, because it's a different feeling when you're actually in on the field in uh, on the field of battle, if you will, like, you know, kind of thing, right? So that that's the kind of experience that, that I think you you'll have. Like like imagine if you will, you know, next year when the Oscars are on, you're sitting sec- in the second row, you know, as Jennifer Lawrence walks behind you to get her next Academy Award kind of thing, right? Mm. Because somebody's sitting there with a 360 camera, right? And and that's being broadcast to you on your Vision Pro. I mean, that's the kind of experiential thing that I could see. Or going to the Louvre and not not having to stand behind 30 people to look at the Mona Lisa. You've got exclusive access to the Mona Lisa kind of thing, which you'll never get in your life, Right. Those are the kind of things that I could see coming with this, right? The other thing I think about is like, you know, and it's an app idea that I'm thinking about writing is that, you know, if you walk in, like your mother is always storing stuff. She's a costume maker. So she's always got bins and buckets and, you know, like storage units full of stuff.
4: First, I'm hearing about it.
1: Really? (laughs) Or, well, you and your stupid comic book, right? What? Hang on. Sorry, sorry, your your graphic knowledge. What? No, they're comic books. They're
4: just not stupid.
1: (laughs) Okay. So imagine, if you will, you could walk up to your box of comics, look at a barcode with with the device, and it would tell you what titles are in that box.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And where in the box they are. Like, you know, the Spider-Man, whatever, is at the back of the box, or the, you know, the Superman is at the beginning of the box kind of thing, Right. That's what I envision this, this device being functional for, right? Or I saw somebody do a demo of walking around, you know, they had the map, oh, Maps app open, which is an iPad app, by the way, it's not native on a on, uh, vision OS at this point, walking along, getting directions as if you, you know, like you do in your car and know what we don't have access to the lidar data yet but you know imagine if we did and you could have like little dots along the sidewalk telling you which way to go and where to turn and stuff like that right like that would be cool like you know that you have the turn by turn right on your car play right mm-hmm. but it would be right in front of you like you walk into a walmart and you want to know where the hardware or the you know electronics aisle is and it'll basically draw you a little treasure map on the floor in front of you kind of thing right so or Somebody, somebody talked about making a, uh, you know, the, 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 Terminator, uh, heads up display where he walks into the bar in the first, in the second movie and scans the guy to find the one who's got the clothes that fit him. Yep. You know, like that kind of thing. That's, that's kind of what this is, this could be like, is you look at a guy and you could, you can get
4: the measure of a man just by looking at him, you know? <laughs> and he would look at you wearing your ski goggles and think, what the heck is this nerd doing in the bar? Geek. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, well, let me grab that and run away with it. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. Mark, so obviously you and I've had like the hands on you much more than any of us. I'm curious to to Mark and Jaime. I'm curious as to to you know, uh, do you see yourself ever investing in this, and do you so, see yourself developing for it? Like just uh, thinking about all the things you've done as a developer, do you see? Uh, you know, commercial applications? Do you see things that that can be done using that technology?
3: I'd have to sit and think about what I would personally develop for it. That's a, that's a good question. In terms of buying one, I think it starts becoming uh, a no-brainer for me if it hits like $1,000 US. Well, if it, uh, it replaces if your laptop, laptop, what would you spend on a laptop? Ah, there you go. So if it can legitimately replace my laptop, as I sit here on a laptop that I'm going to drive into the absolute ground, uh, <laughs> or or replace whenever it's due to not get the latest macOS update. Um, replacing laptop, hmm, see, I would buy that less frequently, so it would go up or down in the number. I'm trying to think how I feel about that emotionally. I think to replace a laptop, I, I'd, I'd go closer to like 2k, maybe two and a half. Um, mm. The the 3.5k is is a bit much for like not knowing what I'm going to do, but if I could know assuredly it would replace my laptop, it's probably worth around
4: that the mm-hmm. two and a half, uh, 2,500. Uh, so I wonder if you could analyze the cost chart of something like the iPhone and sort of reverse engineer that into approximate, uh, correlations of how many years it'd take before they would get to that point. I mean, I didn't invest, I didn't get my first iPhone. Tim obviously was an early adopter, and I would ooh and ah over what he was showing me, but also thinking, yeah, I'm not there yet. It wasn't until I remember exactly what it was, it was the iPhone 4, because uh, that was the first one where they, the screen quality really improved, and, you know, when I factored in the costs of everything, and it just made sense. So that was the point at which I got that, right? Um, I wonder at what point we'll hit that. Is it, Is it two years? Is it five years? Is it eight years? Like how how much how much iteration can they do if the if it's still sort of a, a an object for only elite people to use or wealthy people frankly for that matter i mean this is apple they've got money to burn but how long do they invest in this to get to a price point that it becomes a populist item yeah i guess it really depends on some of the tech that's inside uh, some things
3: are going to get ever cheaper but i don't know about some of the uh, the other pieces
1: well, we talked about the Apple car. We joked about it for years and years, right? That, Because there was all those rumors about Apple coming out with a car, which, again, to me, in the same sense, I couldn't figure out why they were making a phone back in 2005, 2006, right? It just it, it didn't seem to be something that made practical sense. They were like, you know, computer makers, right? So it, it, we And we don't know if they've given up on a car or maybe we got the whole car rumor stuff wrong. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, it's hard to say, like, like you know, like we talked about this on the show a few episodes ago. I think Mark made the point: this is not for everybody, right? This is just for a very small bubble of people, right? Especially with the amount of quantities they're making. It's kind of like the Mac Studio or the or the Mac Pro. Those are devices that not aren't aren't for everybody, right? But they're but you know, businesses that can take advantage of it, they will, you know, they'll buy twenty of them, kind of thing, right?
4: What about you, Mark? What uh, what are your takes on on Owning and developing for this? Uh, I'll probably buy one at some point. When that'll happen, I don't know. Um,
2: I definitely want to watch it a bit to see where it goes and what happens with it. Uh, developing for it, yeah, that it depends a lot. It, it really just depends on where the tech goes. I, I can't say one way or the other right now. Uh, it's, it, it's hard to know what the killer app for this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, if unless it is the app, the laptop replacement, uh, which is possible, but but I think it's going to be a while before that happens. Uh, getting the cost down is going to be harder, maybe than we think, because if you think about wh- what are the costs, the silicon cost is nothing. Mm-hmm. the the uh, The optics are going to be a, a pretty big part. Optics don't go down in price really, um, right? Because you still have to machine those lenses pretty precisely
1: uh do you, so, is, do you think the lens is more expensive than the actual LED? like these micro leds
2: leds are cheap
1: the micro led yeah
2: yeah yeah no silicon oh, okay. is cheap now the the silicon in the package and everything um that might that might be a few bucks but hmm. but and there's a microprocessor in there that's probably a few
4: hundred bucks right but but um yeah i don't know i don't know Yeah, I think that the the killer app is really a great question, Mark. What what would be the thing they could put on there that would make people go, oh, my God. I mean, I like the idea. So I was an, an adopter of 3D home technology. I had a 3D TV. It was... Certainly not as good as going and seeing an IMAX 3D in a movie theater, but it was an interesting experience to sit there with, you know, I have a Samsung TV, so having the the active glasses, uh, you know, that are actually trying to you know generate that, it was was an interesting experience and certainly made for a different one. I wouldn't do it every single time I watched a movie, but it was neat to have that available, being able to to recreate that experience at home of you know a, a legitimately good 3D experience, you know, Avatar. I'm going to say it again. I've said it on the on this podcast. It's, it's not a great movie, but it's a great looking movie. It is definitely diminished at home when you don't get the 3D experience. The 3D, that the, the care that they put into the 3D creation to layer their shots, to add the depth, to do all those things. It looks incredible. Just turn the sound off because the dialogue is terrible. But it, it's... <laughs> It's an incredible visual experience, and you can never replicate that unless you go back to the movie theater, to the point where we did that, right, Tim? We went and saw Avatar again before Avatar 2 came out, just so we could see it in that environment again. Uh, That's an enticement for sure for me, but I don't think it's enough that I would be like, well, I want to watch 3D movies at home, so I'm going to buy a $7,000 device.
2: Yeah, you you pretty much can't buy a 3D TV anymore. I mean, you probably could, but... You'd have to hunt for one, I think, right? Yeah. They're yeah. hard to find. That was a technology that everyone thought was going to be the next big thing, and it failed. Yeah. It failed. Now, you could argue that it was too early, too expensive, and it just never caught on. Uh, but, well, but it certainly didn't replicate the experience, right? Yeah. Right. So,
4: so whether this thing changes the world or not, I, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. I really do. I think it's also it is it is the expense. I mean if you have an uh subscription to some of these services and they offer those things as as a plus that's definitely something. But again I guess it comes back to it. You know what I what I said to Tim when we were trying it out is if I lived in a you know studio apartment in a big city I wouldn't buy a plasma screen TV or an LCD or an OLED or whatever that, you know, I don't have the space for to really enjoy anyways. If I could get this to replace a few of the sort of, like, I wouldn't need a Blu-ray player. I wouldn't need a, you know, uh, a television set. I wouldn't need a home stereo. You know, like if this thing could kind of mitigate those needs. Plus, obviously, there's always the challenge of, you know, I live in an apartment space. I can't crank things up too loud. And this is a more intimate experience. Plus, obviously, as you say, it cuts out that social aspect, but I can see that being a big plus for, you know, people who are, you know, I'm told that, you know, more and more generations are going less and less cluttered. They don't want physical media. They don't want physical assets. They want everything in a nice tidy pile. Well, this is a pretty small little package, right? Of course, if they buy one, they're not allowed to complain that they can't afford houses. (laughs) just uh just stop getting the
3: avocado toast for like a week and then you're done right it's like halfway there
4: yeah cut down on the starbucks and the avocado toast and you're you're, you're saving right there
2: so so let's let's say these things do kind of take off in the next couple of years but the price point price point stays about the same maybe it comes down a little bit but the technology gets a lot better right so that gets that that's makes it more interesting for for a lot of people do you think the average family of four is going to buy
4: four or are they going to buy one and share it I mean, the average family, there's no way, right? You're talking about basically right. half of a family's income for a year to buy four of them. Right,
2: <laughs> right. And that's the problem. That's the problem. So so it can't replace, like, the family TV unless everybody's got one.
4: Yeah, fair. I was thinking more about the the sort of the person living out on their own. yeah, the single person, it's different. Yeah, the single engineer,
2: very... Uh, archetypical uh, character these days uh, who has a lot of disposable income, then yeah, they're the, they're they're the perfect candidate for this kind of thing.
4: I was thinking about, uh, so I had um, surgery on my shoulder a number of years ago. uh, And part of the lead up to that was I had to go through all the scans and the tests and stuff to sort of see the extent of the damage that I had done to my shoulder before they could rebuild it. And so I spent that, you know, hour, holding very very still inside a cat scan machine. Now I'm not suggesting you want to wear one of these inside a cat scan machine given the magnetic uh, impulses, but I think of a uh, I think about the, you know, those kinds of of I was thinking about the Japanese hotels, right? The the little, you know, essentially it's a it's a coffin, right? It's it's a little tiny travelers hotel. It's basically just got like a bed and a spot to put your bag. You're like, yeah, if you have one of these things and then you turn it on, you're and as 10 points out, you're you're at Mount Hood or you're, you know, at an NBA game or whatever. And you don't feel like you're in this confined little space, right? You're, or you're in the Matrix. Well, there you go there you go I mean it, it really is the, the comparisons are are inevitable and and obviously you know clear you know I did get very ready, ready player one vibes you know trying this thing on where like it's it, there isn't that community but I also see this and think like I wonder if that is the, the sort of killer thing for it is you know the, the virtual experience of you know you could do a dating experience You know, hey, let's go out for a virtual coffee before we go on an actual date or whatever. And you could go to a, you know, theoretically what looks like a nice setting. And, you know, like, I wonder if that kind of thing can can take off on this kind of device where, you know, somebody's connected to an app. You're connected to an app. You go in and you, you know, meet in an interesting communal space and, you know, you don't have to... You don't have to have those sort of, you know, initial awkward dates. You could have a basically a virtual date and it wouldn't be like, you know, a FaceTime call. It would be immersive. Well, speaking of immersive, I don't
1: know if you've noticed, but I've turned on my persona.
3: Yeah, we see it. I see it here on uh, on Zoom.
1: Yeah. So comparatively speaking, this is me. <laughs> So, you know, if I mildly with creepy with a with, with virtual hand here, where's my virtual hand? <laughs>
2: and you were talking about the real one, right? When you said he's mildly creepy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good, 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 comment. Yeah. I like that your uh, hat is, uh, is on in your avatar. Well, that, that took extra work. And, and this,
1: so that, that, I actually put the full fedora on and uh, it, it's only designed to do like a certain distance away from your head. So mm. it kind of made it into this pie hat. Hmm. it doesn't look like that at all but yeah we had it we had three of us on the meeting today with uh with vision os on or vision pros on yeah that was strange
4: it looks I like the it. polar
1: express yeah you mean my face yeah it, lo- it looks like yeah like early uh 3d rendering
4: right it does it looks like it looks like that mocap it looks like like mid 20 2000s mocap yeah i noticed i can see on i can see
1: the lidar scanners on the on the, you know, the one with me with the real me on it. Mm. Right around here, you can see, like, flickering. Mm. You see that?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can see it. Yeah, that's, those are the scanners. Huh. Or the IR. I guess IR or whatever. They they mess up the
4: video. Did you see the news stories that uh, crept out early this week where uh, Tesla uh, asked people to stop wearing them while driving their Teslas? Uh, well,
1: there was, like, the same day there was a guy who, um, who got pulled over and he put it up on TikTok, right? So... <laughs> self driving and and you know the, you can see the, lot, the end of the scene. You see the cops pulling him over. That's yeah, probably fine. So it's interesting because I just took them off and see how my my persona has sort of died there. Mm, <laughs> the spectral
4: uh, apparition of
1: Tim. Well, it's like it's like those those sci-fi movies we watch where you know you you incorporate like it's like an artificial body and it's just lying there and you your your consciousness enters it and it animates you know. Well, there you go. You just you've just seen a persona live on virtual TV. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do we got? Like, what's what's next? Jaime? may should we get into our picks, or did you have some more stuff? Oh no, we want to talk about the apps, right?
3: Uh, really quickly. So, in terms of something like a stadium type experience or an arena type experience, this is my idea here. I have no way to implement this because you, I believe, need on um, you know on site hardware and, and cameras and etc. But if anybody's ever watched the um, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, you can switch to one of the, uh, several broadcasts. And one of the broadcasts is like a fantasy football or a Madden video game type view where it tracks all of the players, you know, where they're at on the field, which routes they're running. And it would be really cool to see that sort of thing Uh, either you're at the stadium and you're seeing it live in person and you can follow along. Like I wouldn't say that everybody would use this all the time, but it would be sort of fun to see in situations. And likewise, if you can't make it to the stadium, it sure would be nice to have the uh, Google maps view kind of camera thing that was there. And then you can be virtually there in like a really good seat and then see the stadium or arena type stuff that other people were talking about. So this, I think opens some opportunity for like, you know, how can you blend things together when you have a device that can do more and interface in,
4: in newer ways yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that like one of the things that occurred to me and uh, Tim showed us the demo of uh, and he mentioned the Alicia keys Uh, video that they've made. So it's shot so that you essentially feel like you're standing off to the side or sitting off to the side in a recording studio. She's sitting behind a grand piano uh, and she's speaking to you and looking into the camera. And when she gets up and moves around, she feels like she's walking right towards you. I think the one thing about that is that, you know, you think about experiential things. That's kind of the thing that's been a little bit... um, lacking in online experiences. You know, you can tune in on YouTube and watch a concert live. You can watch a sporting event live on TV or you can watch it on on a computer. But... To have it be that immersive experience, as Tim said, to to have somebody who's got the, the setup and is sitting in the front row of the Oscars or sitting on the front row, you know, next to Jack Nicholson at the Lakers game, or to have somebody who's at the front row of a concert, the, the Taylor Swift uh, eras tour that has been such a hot ticket, to not just see it, but to feel like you are in it uh, would be incredible. And would really, I think, again be a game-changing immersive enjoyable experience if they can r- move the needle on that so that you are more active and less passive in those experiences i think that that's that uh, again now we're talking now we're talking about something that's that's game changey.
1: yeah i think it's like the two thousand dollars sit at the front of the concert ticket yeah kind of thing like yeah that. absolutely you know if if like if 200 people could could you know have that experience for less money they you know I mean, me, concert tickets prices come down a bit, you know, kind of thing. Or like you, like you said, being able to go to like a Stanley Cup playoff game or an NFL, NFL football game and not have to suffer. Other than, I guess, you know, tailgating and all that kind of stuff is the fun stuff, right? But
4: Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to replace those experiences, but A, not everyone can afford those, obviously, and B, you know... I can't go see a Seattle Kraken game live, but I could if I knew that I could fire up the app, go to the NHL app, fire it up, see what games are on, and be like, oh, they've got a live, you know, uh, you know, Apple Vision version of this game. I can actually sit down and be, you know, sitting at the blue line, being able to watch just like somebody who's got a front row ticket. That's very different than watching a game on TV. And, you know, yeah, of course, it's not going to replace the, you know, the experience of actually being on the ice, but it's pretty darned immersive and very much more intriguing than than just a passive one, right? Right. So, Jaime, do you want to bring up the,
1: the uh, article about the apps?
3: Yeah, there's a couple lists, and as I mentioned, I can only live vicariously through you folks who actually own these, but there's a TechCrunch article on... Uh, entitled apple vision pro here are the first apps you should download and then on the interwebs uh around launch day of the vision pro uh this person named donovan had donovan's vision blog and here's their own view of uh worthy or worthwhile or perhaps even just a pure listing of things that were available specifically for the vision pro
1: yeah, no. So a couple of things I can I can talk about. Like the first thing is, is I had to use an American. I have an American Apple ID, and I had to buy some credit when I was in the states to download some apps. So there's a limit to what I can actually try out. Um, but I have tried Runestone on iOS. I haven't tried it on here yet. Um, just looking at the the list one. There's a couple of people who put list on. We probably should have um, found some more. The piano one looks cool. The piano flow, t- flow tiles is basically you can st- stand in front of your keyboard and it maps to your keyboard so it tells you where to which key to play it when you're learning a song that looks kind of cool um the pga tour one is interesting the mlb one looks pretty good i'm not a baseball fan but it looks cool to me um crunchyroll obviously for that's for the anime right um the disney plus out disney plus app is definitely worth while getting because they've if you have a disney plus account there's i think there's about 15 3d movies that you know like Like the Marvels, and all the way back to some like End Games on there. A few other, Uh, of course. Yeah, two Avatar movies, like I mentioned before. That's kind of a cool app to have. I did because based on this list, Jaime, I downloaded uh, the one that broadcasts your phone to your um, like. And it's funny because like, oh, Mercury Weather. That's Mercury Weather by some friends of mine in um, in Vancouver, Malin and um, Kai. Um, They that's a pretty cool one. Night Sky is apparently really neat. That's the one with the. you see the stars in the sky above you.
4: Yeah, I have that for my iOS.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried that one. Widget Smith. I I downloaded that one. The other one, the other one is one of my picks, but I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, no, I mean the one that compares to Widget Smith. Apparently, it can make widgets with it, so that's kind of cool. Cut the rope. I haven't tried that one yet, but that's a, that was a, a great game. We game we loved playing on iPad. The whole family, right? But um, what's the one begins with a B? But it basically lets you stream your your phone to. You put a, an app on your phone and you broadcast it to the to the uh, Vision Pro, and then you can you can't navigate the phone, but you you know you can see what the phone is doing. It's again, as I said, the pass through video is is not the best. So being able to see what's on the screen of your phone uh, a little crisper, clearer is better. And then looking at the um, looking at the Cut um, Crunch article. Apple TV, obviously, is a good app to have. Disney Plus, I can um, say that's a good one. Amazon Prime, I think, is still the iPad version. It's not, I didn't find a native version of that. Again, the same thing with the sports. I'm not a sports guy, so I'm the wrong guy to ask for that. So the Juno for YouTube. Well, so my pick is, is a friend of mine. He's young young uh, developer. He's like 15 years old. He's in third year high school. Is that right? Maybe 17. I don't know um his name's morris Richmond. he wrote vision tube which is uh basically a youtube replacement you know um and juno is is also a youtube replacement as well but that's so how
4: does it work uh, as a replacement does it essentially draw the same content but in a different yeah. way
1: yeah it's just just it just presented in a different way i think there's some sort of api that you can use or, or i think it's probably just grabbing the um the urls and just rendering the the because that's all. That's all YouTube is, is just showing you. You put in the URL, and it shows plays the video for you, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, it obviously doesn't have all the, the back-end publishing stuff, but uh, and I can't talk about. We don't. I don't think we have many cable. I guess Bell and Rogers would be, would be comparative. Is that Xfinity and Verizon and Spectrum TV? Are those? Is that kind of like your cable replacements? I mean, Mark. I'm
3: I'm thinking about this one because it, certainly those are. Uh, cable providers and and et cetera. um actually don't know what you get if you subscribe to something like Spectrum TV as opposed to having cable television from Spectrum which is a cable provider and Xfinity is Comcast that's a, another one they're, these are regional i mm-hmm. actually don't know but presumably they're viewing experiences of whatever content they have similar to uh, you know just above you know things like NLB or Paramount plus
1: and then on production, on the productivity side, we've got, you know, the usual suspects, Keynote, Mail. Um, uh, and then, of course, the, 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 all the Microsoft stuff that as well, like the uh, it, very much like the iPad versions. I haven't tried them yet, but but Word, uh, you know, Teams, if you want to put Teams on your device, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, Fantastical, which is another interesting one. Box is like a drop, is like Dropbox. Um, but I haven't tried those ones yet. And then... I've tried uh, Zoom. I haven't tried WebEx or FaceTime yet. And Slack, of course. Slack is the iPad app. So your mileage will vary there. Yeah, the only browser I guess right now is Safari. Interesting. Or According to this list, right? And I haven't put Discord on my my, my Vision Pro. I may never put that on. <laughs> um, the Lego Lego's Builder Journey is supposed to be really good. That's, uh, that's um, written in Unity, apparently. Hmm. It looks really interesting. You know,
4: put together Lego stuff. Oh, I just
1: got the N- NBA 4, 4, 2K4, 2K24, two I don't know what that is, Arcade Edition?
4: Yeah, 2K24 would be the newest version of NBA 2K. Yeah,
1: yeah. i I stumbled across an arcade app, but I don't have an arcade subscription on uh, my American account. Mm. Um, Carrot Weather is, like, well-known for weather. Lightroom, Firefly, yeah, I haven't tried those ones yet, but probably give them a shot. At least uh, Firefly, that's the AI
4: so having actually had some hands-on experience with it for a few days, do you also see yourself, like, is your brain percolating with see a need, fill a need?
1: Yeah, a few of them. I mean, obviously, the app that I did write is something that I've been using, like, a you know, like, a, I mean, like, call it dog fooding your own app kind of thing. Um, so that's, I, I use it probably every couple of days. So, um, so what do you got for picks, Ami? Mean?
3: Mine was
1: uh, a Cult of Mac
3: article. Um It's not today in Apple history because this was from March 6th of 2023, but it just felt sort of timely that this made its way back onto the interwebs. uh, The day of uh, March 6th, 2008, when folks were able to build apps for the iPhone in an official way and distribute locations and just sort of looking back at Steve Jobs, covering that and the, uh, you know, here's the cut that you're going to get here is the restrictions like you know, no scam apps, you know, no, no naughty apps, that sort of thing. And it just sort of felt a little bit nostalgic, but also like, oh, we could be hypothetically in the early days of that sort of thing with the Vision Pro and its own uh, app store and, and new things that people are going to be able to make.
4: Jaime, mean, I, you raise a good point. It's something we didn't really talk about. Obviously, Apple controls its apps pretty stringently, but... One of the drivers of technology has always been pornography. Mm -hmm. You know, it helped usher in the home video era. It certainly helped drive the internet. Uh, Is there an application for this for the adult world? No. Or will Apple be like, absolutely not? Apple's restricting porn porn on...
1: That's one of the... the I I think officially no, but from a... Will somebody
3: find a way to jailbreak these? And <laughs> and then you get into really, you know, ethically questionable areas. Like as we sit here in this, uh, let's call it the second week of February, 2024, one of the big news items out there for this generative AI world is like, oh, there's like Taylor Swift deepfake pornography. And it's like, well hop, skip and a jump away from like, why don't I jailbreak my vision pro and then have this and then you sort of connect the dots, right? Like those are the sorts of things we will have to start dealing with as a, as a society of like, what, what does it mean when you have that sort of stuff? We probably have a little bit of a preview if you watch black mirror on Netflix and sort of wonder of like, maybe this was a little bit of fortune telling here, but, but who knows? But you're quite right that a lot of stuff has ended up going towards the like, hmm, how do we meet these basic, uh, you know, innate impulses we have as human beings to reproduce and to consume food? I bet you there would be some really cool, uh, good eats or uh, Gordon Ramsay or Food Network type material type stuff also on the Vision Pro. Or hey, follow along. Gordon Ramsay's got this thing strapped to his head. He's going to cook, and like you can watch and see do the same thing too. Right? Follow yeah. along with your kitchen. Like those sorts of things are like you. You could hypothetically do it now. You you could duct tape uh, a phone or an iPad to your base in some way that you'd be able to do. But this would be much more immersive and, and a more logical way to do it. So uh, there's a lot of pros and cons
4: coming along, I think, here for this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking about, you know, could somebody not using an app, but using a website, you know, create content that is formatted for this kind of a device so that even if you just go to their website and you get a different experience I, i'm just wondering as i say <laughs> the day was it uh, there's a joke from a comedy uh, album that i listened to years ago where somebody said you know the day that you can sit in your easy chair and you know crack open a beer and strap on your vr goggles and have you know a supermodel come over and, and give you a visit is the day that we all just decline as a society well nobody will leave the house you know the, this could has the potential to be a really immersive experience that way, right? Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, it's it's not, it, it, especially with the hand gesturing, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, it's a bit of a different experience than, you know, like uh, a MetaQuest or something like that, where you've got, you know, your hands have got these devices and you have to use those to move around over here. You know, if it's all gesture based. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it just seems like that industry is so... Inventive as far as trying to get people into the next thing. I wonder if if uh, they're already plotting the next thing for that. Yeah, I got a couple of things. I
1: mentioned him earlier. Uh, Vision Tube by Morris Richmond is a YouTube uh, clone. Um, again, he's a third year. What you, I not know how you say it in the states. State, third year student in high school. Um, and then another friend, uh, Frank Foster. He, I think he's involved with the iOS uh, Happy Hour community. He wrote a little utility. Uh, one of the things about the Vision OS that's kind of weird is there's no ever present status bar, right? So there's no date. Uh, you can't look at your battery. You can't look at the date and time kind of thing. So he wrote this little utility window that shows exactly that stuff the volume of your whatever media you got playing, what's, whatever's queued up in your Apple Music app, and the time and how much charge you have in your battery. Which the battery charge is, a, is an important thing on this because, yes, it, it really does last two hours. So depending on what you're doing, it can be a problem. The archive is something that uh, crosses over into both uh, SpotCast and uh, in our worlds, and that is uh, the Roddenberry Archive, right? So it's um, a bunch of uh, some films about Roddenberry. uh, You can have virtual um, bridges of all of the various enterprises and Excelsior and um, you can check out all the variations of all the enterprise, um, you know, all the way from the first one, all the way up to enterprise J. Um, and you know, see what the bridge looked like, you know, see what 10 forward looks like. Um, that's kind of cool. And as well as, uh, from the movie point of view, Disney, Disney has this thing where you can sit in the Disney theater or you can, um, you can watch the, like have the screen just floating in front of you, like anything on any other app or. You could sit in a the theater, like as if you're sitting in a, in a theater with plush seats and popcorn and stuff, uh, and the IMAX app, which I mentioned uh, before as well. So when you open it, it opens in the ratio of an IMAX movie, and uh, there's only four movies in it right now. The, one is free, and I think it's uh, um it's called a Beautiful Planet. I think I might have it on the IMAX somewhere, and uh, narrated by um, what's her name, Jennifer from Catcher Fire, um, Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. yeah. Or that one, and um, so that one's free. But there's other ones you can rent in there. So I I suspect that they're going to have more movie titles available in the future. But that's kind of like you're sitting in a IMAX. The environment is you're sitting in in an IMAX theater. So it's kind of cool. I watched a a show on Disney Plus this morning or today um, called Mister Mercury. I think it is no Mr. Mercedes. Um, And I watched the first episode uh, just with the device on and. I watched a little bit of it, and then I, and I went and had dinner and came back downstairs, and I watched it on my TV, and then I went back and watched it on on the, the Vision Pro, and I got to say, on the Vision Pro, it was a little bit more enjoyable. The one thing I didn't notice, though, is there's a bit of lens um, aberrations, like you can see the glass uh, glare on the glass if it's a really dark environment, but yeah, but it was kind of, it was, I think I enjoyed it more off the, the, the Vision Pro than I did off my TV with my home pods and all that kind of stuff, so those are my picks. So Vision Tube, Utility Window, The Archive, and IMAX. Well, I guess that's it for another episode. So, Mark, if people want to in touch with you, wherever they find you,
2: Mark? Uh, Mark R. at (laughs) Smapsoft.com.
1: All right. And and, uh, I'm if people want to get in touch with you.
3: I'm on Twitter, it's at Hair.
1: And Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show again, and if people want to get in touch
4: with you, wherever they find you. You can always find me on uh, YouTube at YouTube.com slash at jpk or you can find me on the socials on uh, x or instagram as at jpk news don't you want some sort of podcast as well um i do i do a couple of podcasts uh one one of which i get paid for um uh, i do a great one called spock with two cool guys and uh also if you really want to We learn learn lots about Canadian healthcare. I endorse the Canadian Health Information Podcast and also the Balado d'Information sur la Santé au Canada, which I also produce. All right. My name is Tim
1: Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, the Mastodon machine, the Vision Pro machine, and all the other things. So until next time, see you in
0: the future. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC once again the podcast twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc thanks again for listening we'll see you next time
1: All right. I guess I better go corral these, these animals. Alrighty. All right. Right. Somebody thought the second dog was a good idea, right? Yeah. Well, it is a good idea. It's just the, the first six months, six, eight months are always a challenge. Yep. Yeah. These
4: things are sent to try us, right? <laughs> yep. They, they're meant to give us frustration and joy, and they give us both in abundance. Oh, the camera's on. I forgot the camera's on. Oh, we've been watching this whole time. We've been enjoying.
1: <laughs> right. Good job. You didn't see the part where I threw the dog out the back door, did you?
4: (laughs) No, we just saw you disappear up the (laughs) stairs.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm looking at the camera, and she's like, she's gone to the same spot twice. And I'm thinking, that can't be right. You know, that's not good. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, I better go deal with these uh, animals. So, talk to you guys later. All right.
4: right, Talk to you later. Take care. Good to meet you, Mark.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good to meet you, too. Take care. Okay. Bye.
3: Bye. See you. Bye.